Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 3.35, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and eventually Freehold, New Jersey, when the Bishop Pop Culture PJ deigns to join us. It is 9.30 p.m. It is Thursday night. It is time for yet another episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, coming at you now. Here we go, podcast, New York Sports. Let's bring in the co-host. Let's get right to this. We have a huge, uh, we just have so much to talk about, Cal and I. So much to discuss. PJ's going to join us later. Um, something's going on. I don't know, he's working or something. He works literally like seven nights a year. But when he does, man, intensity. It's very intense. Uh, so let's let's just get Cal in here, and he and I can start the conversation, start talking about the things that we want to talk about. So here he is, without further ado. The uh, ying to my yang, the uh, that's filthy. <laughs> it's a minkman, Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hello. <laughs> I got. I was thrown off. You you've been playing music the last couple of weeks. Well, I I haven't been playing music. Oh well, that that well that would explain it then because right. we're we're down a man. We're, right we, we are uh, we. PJ's in the penalty box. We are uh, we are definitely down a man. I just furiously tried to get the puck out of the zone right there. Right, well, that was good. You cleared it. Yeah, it, it wasn't pretty, but it was. Let's see, is this maybe it? Maybe this is it. There it is. You know what he has it labeled? Cow's, pa- Cow's pals. Oh, huh. there you go. All right, let's try this again. Here he is, the fly in the ointment, the monkey in the wrench, the pain in the ass. John, hey. Ma- John McLean. <laughs> my, well, that's like one of my absolute favorite lines from Die Hard. Yeah, oh, that's great. Just me, just me, Franz. The fly in the ointment, the monkey in the wrench, the pain in the ass. Uh, what's up, buddy? Not much. Not much. Cal, I, uh, I, we're gonna talk about it in the big unload. Uh, I separated from uh, Met Reality last night. You did. 
I had what I can only categorize as a psychotic break with the Mets. It finally happened. Wow. That, that, I have to say, it took you a long time. <laughs> it really did. I, I, uh, I, that's it. I, I, my last tweet to Adam Rubin uh, last night was, do your worst. <laughs> that's it. I give. I'd love to know what it is that that made that happen. Now we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We we have a. I don't even want to call this a show, Bry, because I just want to basically just BS with you for the next hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is, because well, there's just a lot on my mind about sports. Except uh, that we're re- we're recording it and people might listen. We are recording and people might, but that's okay. They're invited. You grab a seat, my baby. It feels Ooh, a little. Yeah. It's a little voyeuristic for the ears, no? It is a little. <laughs> pull up a chair, nice. Okay. Put on a pot of coffee. Maybe you're watching the football game. Turn down those clowns that are announcing it. Ooh. Cow, Thursday night football Ooh. every week. Well, the, the the concept of it is great. A, a, a football game every Thursday night. I love it. Disagree. Too much. Too much. How? Too much. That's what I got. I, that's another one I got later on that I want to talk to you about. I don't know if the NFL is a sustainable model. <laughs> I think there's too much. I think it's too violent. What has happened here? Look, it's all falling apart over here. <laughs> How was your week? Well, <laughs> apparently better. I'm having a sports existential crisis. Yeah, you, you're you are having a, a rough week here, my friend. You, it all fell apart. It <laughs> all fell apart for me last night. This is this is what the Mets have done to me, and we've we've been doing the show two years and eight months or whatever it is, nine months, and this has happened before. We've had this before with the Mets. I mean, last year I vowed I wouldn't go to City Field, I wouldn't buy anything, I wouldn't spend a dime as long as the Wilpons on the team. I went. I was there on opening day. You were there. You you didn't wait. You 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 waited the least amount of time possible <laughs> to break your vow. That's right. That's couldn't have gone any sooner. Couldn't have. Got, I couldn't have if I tried, unless I had gone down to Port St. Lucie and gone to a spring training game. Like right, that's but, the only way. Right, but you said City Field, so that's correct. But and and then it all it all just came apart on me. So look, I want to get into it. Your week was good. Everybody's good. Yeah, it's good. Everybody's terrible, good. terrible star for your fantasy team. Oh, oof. I, Matthew, well, Matthew Stafford. Gee whiz. Yeah, I mean. You threw a touchdown. Right. You know, you know what's great? And, and you know, of course, nobody likes to hear about other people's fantasy. Or their kids. Teams, That's right. Or their kids. But... Um, we'll talk about both. I'm going to talk about Wesley's fantasy team. When, you're <laughs> when your second round pick goes down six plays into the season, it's not a good start. That's kind of the... Right. And uh, I am getting manhandled in baseball. So that's great. Yeah. Well... After utter domination, yet again... I will not have a championship. I, that's another. That's another reason for the existential sports crisis. I'm giving up. I may not play fantasy sports anymore. Right. So we'll I, see I, in March. I, that's correct. I'll see you at the draft. Before we do the uh, the big unload, let's do um, our sponsor. Let's uh, let's talk about our sponsor. Let's do that spot for our sponsor. I have. You know why I'm 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 pausing. I have music. I had music for the sponsor. The sponsor, Blue Haven. Correct. Yeah. I was going to do a little music. 
And this is like a double promotion because this is music from the movie Fat. Right. Our buddy Finney's movie, Fat. Mark Finney, right? Yep. We had him on a couple weeks ago. He was great. This is a song called uh, When I'm With You. It's going to be in the movie Fat. And uh, let's talk about Blue Haven. So here's the deal, Cal. Blue Haven, New York City's uh, sports bar. Okay, next time we're looking for a fun, laid-back place to watch the games on a Sunday. Okay, head to Blue Haven. That's all. It's on the corner of Houston and Thompson. For those of you in New York, you know where that is. That's a great spot. That's a good spot to be. Okay, they have 19 TVs plus a six-foot-high deaf screen. Let you watch every game, every weekend, including Saturdays. College. Now check this. That's right. Cal, 80-ounce Coors Light Towers. What is that? On that's like a that's a that's a big that's, that's a, a tremendous thing. Stick a straw in that. It's a thing. tower of beer. That's a tower of beer. Correct. All right. Stick a straw in that. Watch the Michigan game if you want. Or you know, better yet, watch Notre Dame. I don't you have to watch anything at that point. I, okay. <laughs> you got a Coors Light tower. For it's twenty five bucks for eighty ounces of beer. You can't you can't beat that. And it's kept chilled, by the way. Well, of course. That question that I had. It's kept chilled. It's in a like a bucket and it's chilled. Uh, they have a pulled pork nacho deal, by the way. Pulled pork nacho. You're gonna get hungry from the from the tower of beer. Hey, listen, you drink an eighty ounce beer, you're gonna be famished. <laughs> I have had eighty ounces of beer in like an hour. I ate like it was yeah. Yeah, you eat a lot. That's correct. I did not, not you, but one. No, I did some things. I may have got you know, you may eat that that you know, three week old stick of salami that's in the that's been in the fridge for a while. <laughs> and you cut up some white bread nice and you have the salami. So anyway, uh, they have the full plate nachos. We're gonna get that when we go when we do the remote from there. Yeah we are. We're gonna be doing a remote from Blue Haven. So anyway, uh, you have to check that out. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details for daily specials. And remember, Blue Haven NYC is New York City sports bar for grown-ups. So seriously, uh, if you're looking for a place to watch the games on the weekend in New York, uh, you, you can't do better than Blue Haven. And uh, they're great people over there. Go see Megan. Go see Rory. Go see the people. Uh, so anyway... It is now time for the big unload. I am. Do you see me producing? You're doing double duty. I mean, right this now. is this this is like back to college. You're doing a lot. This is this is back. This is like back to college. I kind of feel like maybe I should help you out. You know, just maybe you just being here is remarkably helpful. Not to mention, I'm about to literally wind up on the sports couch. Here. I may lay down. <laughs> I may I make a you should take out a notepad at this point. I do. I've got my glasses on, down right right around my nose. I've got a clipboard. Nice. I'm wearing a cardigan. Actually, I was gonna ask you about the cardigan. Yeah, I I've uh, I've dimmed the lights and I've put the heat up a little bit, so it's kinda warm. It's a Met cardigan though, which is good. I thought appropriate for the show. Right, it's blue and orange. You look a lot like Sandy Alderson right now. I'm. <laughs> I might fall asleep. 
But it's only because I was up late last night. Right, with the kids. Like Mike Francesca. Kids. Right. You with would never kids. fall asleep, Cal. No, no, no. I just robbed my rest my eyes a little bit. You might be, you know who rested their eyes? My grandmother. You know what she was doing? She was fast asleep on the couch. I almost spit my coffee out when I heard that one today. Look, look, we did 25 hours straight once. That's right. right. So I'm just, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> we are referring to uh, Mike Francesa nodding off on the air the other day. On Listen, Sunday. We, we talk about him a lot, maybe too much, maybe more than we should. But this is a story that needs to be touched upon. Well, it's it, it was on Deadspin, and it was all over the place. On the Huffington Post. And on the Huffington Post, right. Not 10 days after, you know, 10, 12 days after he destroyed the Mets. I mean destroyed. In right. in a rant that became a YouTube classic. But more importantly, Steve, this man uh, just returned to work six days ago after being off for two months. Right. <laughs> Didn't work. He worked a couple of handful of days over the last two and a half months. Right, as the whole summer off, literally. Hasn't, hasn't been back for a full week. Right. And whole, whole summer off is not an exaggeration, by the way. No, no. He, he literally has the whole summer off. And he, he right, he fell asleep while uh, talking about the Yankees, which I love. So he has a near stroke-inducing rant about the Mets a team he doesn't care about. And he's talking about the Yankees collapsing. He nods off. He was resting his eyes, Cal. He did not he did not fall asleep. He would never do that. We were I I I literally did a Jack Tripper double take spit take. Wait, really, the video? Really good one. When I saw that today because my grandmother used to say that literally every night when she would fall asleep on the couch. I wasn't sleeping, I was resting my eyes. Yeah, what were you arresting them for? To go to sleep? You know, the, the the dead giveaway was when he... Somebody must have said something in his ear to kind mm-hmm. of arouse him from his slumber. And he's got this look on his face like like he had just seen a ghost. Yeah, and he looked to the control room and said, what did I do? Right. Now, well, what did I do? What? What did I do? Right. And you were sleeping, Mike. That's okay. Hey, the Yankees can put you to sleep right now. Nothing personal, Sweeney Murdy. Don't do not take it personally. Right, Sweeney Murdy was the reporter that he was talking to here in New York, who covers the Yankees. He's fantastic. Sweeney Murdy's excellent. No, he's great. He's great. And poor Sweeney Murdy, I think he tweeted today like I'm even more boring in person. <laughs> anyway, uh, I will not fall asleep on the on the uh, psych couch. Have you been watching Newsroom at all? I know. Uh, no, every week we talk about this, and I haven't, but I can catch up. Right. Couldn't I? Yes. On demand. I've- I'm getting caught up. I think I have one. I think I'm at the season finale. All right. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get caught up. I'm going to start. Right. So, but I, but I can do that. Of course you can. Right. Well, we talked about it last week with Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com because he sort of liberated. He lifted that line uh, from Newsroom, the Newsroom on about being on a mission to civilize. Right. The debate, and he's on a mission to civilize Jets coverage. He's been he has been on quite a roll. Oh, he unbelievable! And uh, Jeff Capellini, Green Lantern Jet, who had a fantastic article today about Myers. Did you see that? I I, I absolutely did. They're oh. nailing it. They're nailing it. Nailed these it. guys. We'll talk about the Jets later on, and how Gary Myers decided to. Can you? I mean, Cal, seriously, 
Seriously. I, it's just blatant at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's when a guy in the media calls you out for being a troll. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll talk about what Gary Myers wrote about Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow later because we're going to have to talk about this. But they they have introduced the uh, – spoiler alert – they have introduced the idea of a, a psychiatrist for um, Will McAvoy, for Daniel's character, right? Jeff Daniel's character. And it's the kid he's on it. You've seen him everywhere. He's on a he's on a sitcom that just started on CBS too. Uh, it's a pilot sitcom that that's going on this fall. You've seen he's a typical like twenty eight year old that guy. Is it about uh, mismatched friends and wacky situations they find themselves in? I believe it is. Probably right. I believe they're trying something else out there. Maybe trying to reinvent the genre a little bit. I think nobody's seen that. Lately. Out on out on a ledge. There, they're out on a limb with that. Is that the name of the show? Out on a ledge. <laughs> out on, out on a ledge, comma out on a limb. <laughs> comma or dot dot dot. <laughs> no, no, no. They can't use the ellipses. No, it's cotton. <laughs> right, semicolon. It's you actually gotta, a semicolon. You know what they should try? Just really um, pretentious. Maybe like a sassy neighbor. <laughs> they should. Right. They also could use like a heavy set character. Who's compl- who's either really comfortable with their weight and makes jokes about it, or is constantly trying to lose weight and right. makes jokes about it. Right. That could double as the sassy neighbor. Yeah, you don't want to double up there though. There's too a lot of comedy to mine. Yeah, but that's two performers you got to pay now. That's a good point. Right. If you're on a budget. Right. I think somebody should be really neurotic too. Of course. Yeah. Well, one of one of the friends would be really neurotic, yeah, and the other one just doesn't care about anything. Where are we putting this? Should we go with a bar? I mean, that's never been done. I was thinking Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> Could we do it in Brooklyn? I don't know. What's going on in Brooklyn? Not, probably not. Yeah, I mean, anything. there's not. Uh... <laughs> but wait, but where do they hang out? A bookstore? Maybe. Or nobody goes to bookstores anymore, so it's got to be like a. Uh... An internet cafe. Yes. I like it. Right? Or or uh, a retro. Like a uh, like, the, like an like 80s just, cafe. Oh, no, no, no. It would have to be like early 2000s at this point. That like, would do Like retro. an aughts cafe. Right. A 90s cafe. 90, a 90s cafe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. With, with a uh, barista who speaks her mind. <laughs> she a Latino? A Latina? Sassy? She could be Latina. So we can do that. You get a cup of coffee and you get an opinion with it. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a hearty laugh. And she's going to tell you how to drink it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, okay, I think we've we've killed this. I think we beat that one. You know who's, uh, you know who's on the show? Terry Crews. Ex-NFL player. Terry Crews. Terry Crews. He plays uh, McAvoy's bodyguard. Really? And an ex-NFL player. Oh, it's great. Did you see... Oh, boy. David Crumholtz. That's the kid I'm talking about. Oh, David... And he's on the show Partners. That's, that's it. The show, that's the show I was thinking about. That's the show. That's the kid. Right. He is the young uh, psychiatrist. The reason, huh. I, the reason I got here... We're going to actually talk about sports in a second. But the reason I got here was this idea of being on the couch and how I think we should use that as the... Uh, the uh, mechanism for this episode of Ready to Unload. We could. 
Because even a writer as great as Aaron Sorkin has decided to use Jeff Daniels going to see a psychiatrist. Ah, 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 but Cal, he's his old psychiatrist's son. Oh. And, spoiler alert. uh, You don't have to watch it. Right. He doesn't know. Will McAvoy didn't know that the father had passed away. Because he hasn't been in two years. He's just been paying the sessions every week. So now, when he goes back to see the psychiatrist, he believes he's seeing the The father. father. Right. And it's David Krumholtz, who is 29, 28, 29, and wise beyond his years. He's very good. Well, if his father was anything, then, of course, he's a chip off the old block. He is very, I mean, he's instantly genius. Right. So, that's something your father would have said. I... (laughs) That was a pretty good Jeff Daniels right there, by the way. <laughs> Without even having seen the show, no, that's solid. Uh, you could, you know what? You got a little Jeff Daniels there. A little bit. You get I that like Jeff bit. Daniels. He's underrated. I love Jeff Daniels. Very underrated. Where do you watch this show? I can't wait now. Solid, overrated, underrated. I'm going way underrated. I That's what I would go with Jeff Daniels as a whole. I haven't seen the show yet. so. Yeah, no, that's where I'm going, Jeff Daniels. Okay. Well, so, uh, wildly underrated. Yes. <laughs> Staggeringly underrated. Obscenely. A heartbreaking work of staggering underration. Uh. So we're gonna go. We're gonna do sports therapy. That's right. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Steve Summers here in New York. Sometimes he does that. Oh, does he? Are we ripping yes. off? Are we ripping off the schmoozer? No, it's a little different. I'm thinking of it in an episodic television sort of way. Yeah, no, he just he just kind of plays the role of jet or man, right, right, psychiatrist, and basically just gives callers a reason to, to vent. Here's the other thing we're gonna have to do. If you're up to the challenge, we're gonna have to be really super snappy and have Sorkin-esque dialogue, which requires us to be not only heightened in dialogue. But literally speaking, as no other human being speak on the planet. Right. And um, I'm going to have to start walking around in circles. Yes. We've talked about the walk and talk. Yes. We cannot sit still and talk to each other. New. No. Negatory. So it's time. let's be really highly stylized. That's going to okay. be, Talking about gonna sports. be a little tough. And go. The Yankees. Oof. Well, of course I've come here to talk to you about the Yankees. Why wouldn't I come here to talk to you about the Yankees? Everybody's talking about the Yankees. Go on. <laughs> I'm I'm the psychiatrist. Yeah, but you you supposed to you you still need to be witty too. If you saw this Crumholds kid, he's knocking it out of the park. That was dry wit what I just did. Oh, my bad. Right? Here's Go what's on. bothering me about the Yankees, and of course, feel free to take notes at any time during this. Well, I the believe thing- I have a degree. I'm well qualified to take notes on on this subject, but go on. Touche. The thing about the Yankees is we were talking to some of our friends that are fans, okay? Just casual fans, but really good fans. These are the people that have been watching the Yankees for a really long time. I'll slow down if this is too fast for you. No, I can keep up, please. So the Yankee fans that we know the other day text us about the idea that they're not even watching the Yankees collapse. It doesn't even matter to them. It's calamitous to us as Met fans. But they're not even watching the Yankees collapse. In fact, we get a text from one of them saying there's a great USA soccer game on right now. They're not watching the Yankees in Boston. Now, my question to you, doctor. And I am a doctor. Is how is that possible? 
how is it that we could be so concerned with another team's collapse as Mets fans, expecting them to have gone through what we went through in 2006 or 2007 and 2008, and now all of a sudden they don't even care. In fact, I had another Yankee fan tell me that he's almost happy for the Orioles because they're good people and they're good fans. Could you imagine for a second back in 2007 us being so accustomed to winning that we said, ah, you know what? Good for the Phillies. It's been a while since they've been good. May, may, may I speak? I should hope so. I'm paying you $250 an hour. Uh, you might want to check your bill. <laughs> a little bit more than that. Uh, clearly what's going on here, there's two things. There's denial. There's entitlement. Yankee fans are part in denial over what's happening. They are also uh, the part of them that feels entitled to be in the postseason every single year. It's a birthright. Like, they were born into being a postseason team every single year. Now, what's going on is that the collapse is happening, and let's, let's call it a collapse because that's what it is. It's a collapse. They were up 10 games a couple weeks ago. Now, right now as we speak, they're a half a game out of first place. And they're playing right now, are they not? They're, they're playing right now. They're winning. Game is not over yet. So technically, Baltimore won earlier today, 14 right. innings. 14 innings. 14 innings. 14 innings. Against the Rays. Those two teams are battling. The Orioles are upstart. And they are a half a game ahead of the Yankees on September 13th in first place. Yankee fans don't know how to handle this. That's crazy. It's It, it would be worse if it were the Red Sox, but at least it would be the Red Sox. Yes. It would make a little sense to people in Yankee universe, Yankee land. Mm-hmm. But Yankee fans right now, they're, they're in uncharted territory. They're in an area, a realm that they would never have conceived of just a month ago. No. All, all season, there were all kinds of excuses for why the, or, you know, the Orioles are hanging around, but ah, they're the Orioles. They're going to collapse. All right, don't no, worry about it. Yeah, they're the Orioles. Them. Well, it's a nice story. It's cute what's going on down there. <laughs> Look at that. Look at the two Washington teams. You know, battle of the beltway. Ha <laughs> ha. That's funny. But now, September 13th, the Orioles are a half a game ahead of the Yankees, and they just don't lose. And more importantly, they show no fear, this team. They just keep coming. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So, so, that, so right there, that's the denial part of what's happening. The Yankees, the Yankee fans don't want to believe that this is actually happening. This is actually a possibility that they could collapse, and not only collapse, but collapse to the Orioles of all teams. Right. Who haven't been relevant in 15 years. 15 years. Now, the last time they were relevant was when they lost to the Yankees in the playoffs in 1996. 96. Right. Jeffrey Mayer. Jeffrey Mayer. Now, the other part of this is entitlement. And we talk about this all the time. And, again, we have very good Yankee fan friends. We do. They are the best. Like, if you, were to, if you were to take Yankee fans as a group, line them up against a brick wall, and separate <laughs> them out by the type of fan that they are. Which I will do when I'm king, by the way. Oh, we'll do that. <laughs> we could do it now. Yeah, we could. There's no reason why we can't be judgy. Wait, let's, be, let's be mock judgy. That's what we're doing. I, I judge. Hear ye. Hear ye. Order in the court. Why, 
Why is Mike Francesa the judge? That's my default accent. <laughs> I can't do anything else. I order. see Jeff Daniels as Mike Francesa. Order in the court, okay. Let's have order. All right. Well, you know, everybody loves to talk about the court of public opinion. Overruled. Okay, watch yourself, counselor. All right. Okay. <laughs> Always got to get uh, the watch yourself, counselor, in there. Debating the witness. Yeah, the judge. There's, there's, there's stock and trade judge lines. Right. A few good men, again by Sorkin, literally hits them all. Yeah. He literally, he literally gets every one of them. I'll allow it. Go on. I'll allow it, but very little leeway. Let's get somewhere quickly here, or uh, the classic. I'm quite sure I've earned it. You're trying my patience, counselor. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Approach the bench, please. So Yankee fans, whether they want to admit it or not, they all have a sense of entitlement, especially younger Yankee fans that only know winning over the last 20 years. Right. No, I, I, I get that, bro. You know, and there's nothing wrong with it. They're, they're, they're watching soccer. I mean, have they won that much? I, I have spoken to Yankee fans throughout the year that didn't watch a game. As a matter of fact, I talked to a, a really good Yankee fan at work. This guy's a good Yankee fan. And I said, did you see, you know, after the play with Teixeira last week, the blown call at first base? I said, did mm-hmm. you see the play? What, I was, that was awful, right? He says, i got to be honest. I didn't see it. Did not see it. I, he says, I don't think I've watched one full game from start to finish all season. And, and I, that, uh... that's kind of, you know, there's got to be Yankee fans that are not like that. I'm sure there are. That, that that live and die by their team, and they watch every single game. And But I'm finding more and more fans over the last couple of years are just waiting until, like, now, yeah. the playoffs, to, to really fully invest. And that's what, that's what happens when you make the playoffs 15 out of 16 years. I mean, you just – you expect it. And you're but, actually – you're actually – oh, I feel good for the – I mean, Jacko, you know – uh, Bill Simmons' friend. I was listening to the podcast today. Right. And he called up Jacko to talk about the you know the Yankee collapse, and they wound up talking about the Red Sox for 40 minutes. And then at the end, Jacko said, ah, you know what, uh, it's been terrible, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Baltimore, good fans. You know, good for them. Angelos has, has, has uh, killed the team so much and stuff. They deserve it. Are you kidding? I... Let's end. I have a question for you about on the field. Okay, okay. so let's end there. Sure. They are are, are up. Uh, I think spoiler alert. They are up like two nothing tonight. Uh, they can take two out of three from the Red Sox after a really difficult defeat uh, in the first game of the series, uh, and almost blowing the game last night. Very close. Yeah. But they will remain in a tie for first place with the uh, uh, with the Orioles, and of course, you know the Rays are not going away, and then the A's, who I am getting out every. Uh, Bash Brothers pennant that I have and rooting for the A's um, for vindication for Mr. Bean uh, are are right there. The Angels are right there. I mean, it's clustered. It could come down to the last day of the season. Do you think they get Yvonne Nova back this weekend? Supposedly Pettit's going to be back this weekend. Do you think they hold on to at least a playoff spot? And uh, or you know, do you do you think it's a legitimate danger of them falling out of the playoffs? So I can't see the latter. I I think 
I don't want to use the word danger at this point. It okay. is a leg- it's it's a legitimate possibility. There's three games up on the Angels for the wild card spot. For the second wild card spot? For the yeah, well they're tied with Oakland for the wild card spot right now. So those two would be the wild cards. Okay. And then when the Yankees if they beat Boston and, and they tie Baltimore again, one of those two teams would be the other wild card. So the two wild cards are right there together. Okay. So now the third team that's on the outside looking in are the Angels. They're three out. Tampa Bay is now three and a half out. But Tampa Bay, the Yankees go to Tampa Bay. Or no, Tampa Bay comes here to, to New York here. this weekend. Yeah. Huge this, series. It's a huge series. Uh, this, this, this series is essentially Tampa Bay season. Right. Right now after getting swept by Baltimore. They got a sweep. They would. Ha- I. They got a sweep. I don't know if two out of three gets it done. I think no. you have to sweep. So because of that, I think the Yankees have a little bit of a of a cushion for the wild card. Right and now. they have Minnesota. And the well, that was my other thing. The, the schedule after they play Tampa Bay, I think they have three games against Oakland over the last twenty, and that's it. Yeah, they have minute, and the last nine I think are Minnesota, Oakland, and Boston. Uh, the there. last nine, Minnesota, Toronto, and Boston. Toronto and Boston, even better. Last ten, actually. Right, because they have four against uh, Toronto in there? Four against Toronto. Right, so even better for them. Yeah, and they're home. Uh, yeah, they, they, they'll they they'll stick around. I just, yeah. I just we're, we're going to bring in the Swami here, Cal, and then we'll go back to the Mets. Uh, but to wrap up on the, on the Yankee thing and, and to get off the couch, and let's take, let's take a break. Let's take 15. So I can gather my thoughts. We can think of some more witty, quippy things to say. Uh, PJ's here, so I'm sure he's going to start writing dialogue for the next scene. I think he has already. Yeah, I'm sure he's been furiously jotting down uh, Sorkinisms for the next scene. Uh, you know, we'll probably have to reference uh, an obscure musical. You know, be prepared for a Tommy reference, maybe. I mean, Tommy's not obscure, but maybe Tommy the movie. So like Tina Turner and the Acid Queen, something like that. Roger Daltrey. Yeah, be prepared for a uh, maybe a, an obscure sports reference, which we'll provide, of course. PJ's not providing that. Right. Uh, so anyway. Uh, and we'll be very liberal about everything we say. You know what? The show's pretty even. Okay. I mean, it's, it's obviously got a, a, a leftist bent. But I have talked to Republican people that have watched it, including Big Pauly. Big Pauly likes the show. Okay. Because that's, it's it's a it's a fantasy. That's an important stamp to put on the show. Hey, look, if you can get the Big Pauly uh stamp of mozzarella, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's what he gives too. It's like the stamp that's on the hard cheese. <laughs> like the stamp that's on Privalone. You know, like like the really good old age stinky cheese. That's the that's the big Pauly stamp of approval. Right. It's like it's like him going. Only two eh. things in life eh. Nice. Eh. We got we got new Swami music. Guitars tune good and firm, feeling women. What do you think of this? I don't need my name in the marquee lights. Nice, right? I got my song. Got you with me tonight. He doesn't need his name in the marquee Maybe lights. Cal. Not looking for. He's not looking to the basics of love. He's talking about getting back to the basics. Let's go to Luke and Doc Texas. Here he is. The swamp after a very, very rough week last week. Let's bring him in. Boy, I wish these faders were. Hey, swamp. I'm glad 
you unmuted me because now Waylon Jennings can come back to haunt you. <laughs> Nobody cuts Waylon Jennings off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got some questions for you guys. Uh, by sure. the way, hello. I'm hello talking there. to you from Seattle. I had oh, wow. a speaking engagement tonight at a senior citizen home. And uh, good that's, that's, the, that's the circuit I've been doing lately. Okay. Really that's good. Captive audience. Well, not only are they captive, they really don't remember uh, too much of what I, I said the last time I was there, so that works well. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem. Uh, I'm beginning to worry about you guys. First of all, Cal said he can't see the ladder. What are you guys doing with a ladder? I said I I I I set it up with that the former and the latter there. Oh, we got a little, oh. got a little highfalutin there, Swam. Highfalutin, and and you say that PJ is going to be writing Dorkinisms? <laughs> That's just filthy. That's just filthy. I thought you you don't work blue in these nursing homes, do you? No, no, but a Dorkinism. I said Sor- Sorkinism. Sorkin. Oh, Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Sorkinism. Nice. Okay, Aaron right. Sorkin. Right. Yeah, I got you. And you, and you said you're going you're gonna to take 15. You're going to take 15 to regroup. Yeah, that's why we're we're bringing you in Fif- for your, for your 15 segment. What? 15 minutes. Oh, minutes. Oh. Yeah. I th- I thought you meant like 15 days or something. I don't know how long oh. it takes to regroup. We're bringing. Why would you have to regroup? You didn't group in the first place. We didn't. <laughs> Regrouping is only after you group for the first place, so you could regroup. Right, thing we're ungrouped. And now we need to be ungrouped. I wouldn't be that charitable to call call this show ungrouped. Oh, thank you. But what do I, I know? Yeah. No. Look, we're now getting I back. You're appealing to another shit. another kind of audience tonight, right? What's, What's that? What kind of uh, the, the deaf? The, the Molly Maitland fan club. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is uh, closed caption tonight, Swamp. Uh, as well, it should be. Right. All right, how'd we do last week? Come on, sum it up. Sum not it up good. in one word. Not not good. That's two That's words. Two words. I'm taking the two <laughs> words there. Cal, Unsucce- <laughs> unsuccessful would be okay. Give you one know. word, Cal. One word for Swami last week. Troubling. Ah, troubling. Ah. <laughs> well, we expect a lot. We, we I do don't blame you. Right? Well, you should. I expect a lot of myself also. I, I mean, I lose games reason. by one point. Teams that shouldn't even be playing on the same field as other major, uh, I mean, and they win? Come on. Let's get into this week right off the bat. What I'm okay. fooling. No hooliganism. Well, let's get back to basics, like the song says. That's why I chose that song for you. Exactly. We're getting back to basics. Yeah, we oh, don't I need no fancy marquee lights, Swam. Not at all. All right. And I know that's not a favorite song of yours. Yeah, you're big on well, the highway. Well, that's one of them. Yes, that's one of them. And I and I thank you for introducing that uh, to me as uh, being. And, the, the, and you've been you've been down in that that section of Texas. I understand. I have been down in that section of Texas, and they looked at me like I was a Yankee. As uh, well, they should. Right. Anybody okay. walking around with a, a Yankee shirt on <laughs> would right. probably might have might have been the Met jersey. Might have been with. the tip off. Yeah. Might have been the tip off. All right, Cal, uh, shoot out the first game. You got the schedule up there for the Swam. Let's go. Yeah. Swam. Rebound week. I smell it. I feel it. I'm looking at the schedule, Swam, and I want to hear your thoughts on the Minnesota-Indianapolis game. A real barn Ooh. burner to start it off. Start low there. <laughs> well, no, no, that's, i got to be very honest with you. Uh, you know, when I kind of like perused it uh, earlier, I said, it, it's got to be an interesting game. This is not a lock for anybody. No. You know, it, I'm not it, too happy where they're playing, by the way, but I have no choice of, of why they named it, what they named it, but 
They named it that you, way. You don't like Indianapolis? No, that part's okay. You know what the name of the stadium is, right? You uh, don't know Lucas, what the name of Lucas the stadium? Oil. Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil, yeah. right. Yeah. Lucas Oil Stadium? Yeah. I mean, like, duh, you know. You don't like corporate, you don't like corporate naming rights again. Back to base. I don't mind corporate naming rights uh, if I knew what the corporate name meant or was or represented. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about the game? Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't understand. You know why they're even given. I mean the Colts are at home. You know. Yep. Uh, the Vikings are the visiting team. Once yes. again, you got to give a little tip off at home. But Manning's gone now. He he is. They have we that. We all new know that, and, and and we we certainly realize it didn't do him too much harm going, you know, to to uh, Denver, but he's there. Okay, uh, you got a guy named Andrew Luck. Yes. I mean, I couldn't have written this stuff. Can't. You know, are you are you out of luck? I mean, do you have too much luck? Is luck going to play a big part in Sunday's game? <laughs> I don't even like to go there with these cliches. They're too easy. You luck know. of the Colts, yeah, sure. The you got him right, The luck of the, yeah. But how about dumb I luck? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, he's a big guy, you know. You better be careful. You know, you don't expect you know San Pete to back you up on this, do you? That's no. not only that. No. He's not playing in New York. It's not the post. Right there, you go. <laughs> there All right, you who do you like, Swam? Goodness. Okay, uh, I, I suppose I'm going to have to go with. I guess I go with. I I I'm I, I'm really torn. Torn on this one. This is not yeah, a good time. I, I tell you, <laughs> I've been like I've been trying to weigh I've been trying to weigh all the factors involved, you know. And uh, I mean, there's a couple of games that are real toss ups. I mean, Green Bay and Chicago's a toss up. Uh, right. Which is I mean, going on right very now? Very few runaways. I have a plan I do not have yet. <laughs> what in God's name is he doing? Tell him <laughs> to go back and get another bologna sandwich and get off the. Oh. <laughs> Anyhow, um, let's go with. Let's go with uh, let's go with Indianapolis. All right, Whew. all right. I'm gonna sweating. go. I'll, I'll go with Indianapolis. She was sweating. Okay, I'm gonna give you a, a a good game here. Not that that's not a good game, but this one, this one, I think you'll have a definitive opinion on in maybe less than three minutes. Let's go. Oh, I'm being. Wait, I'm being timed. Is your audience base uh, worrying about people stretching the time limit here? That's correct. You already uh, only, you only have three people left. That's true. Uh, and they're all relatives. Let's and they're go all with, relatives. Uh, let's go with Baltimore at Philadelphia. Eagles unimpressive oh. in week one, but did get yeah. the victory. And uh, the Baltimore Ravens, very impressive in week one, blowing out the Bengals. Uh, let's go Baltimore at Philly. What do you got, Swam? Bring it. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I have to go with Baltimore. It's sad to say, but uh, when they go into Lincoln Financial Field, I think they're going to go in all uh, hyped up from last week's achievements. All right. You know? I like it. I mean, Michael Vick? Huh? Huh? What do you think he, about that? He could have thrown nine picks in that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he was he – was, anytime you're lucky to throw four, that's not a good day. Yeah, that's not a good – that's not even a good comment to make. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good – that's not a good uh, month. No, no, no. You know. Cal, what do you I'm got? McCoy, wait, wait. I have another thing. Could this be the real McCoy? Oh, look at it. But you're just about writing newspaper headlines tonight. That's all. 
Ah, sometimes <laughs> when you deal with it, like I said, when you deal with the senior citizen crowd, right. you, you got to go for the for the big one right away. I'm just oh, they oh, eat that stuff up though. Yeah, I'm just giving you a little flacco. That's all. Oh, oh nice boy. for you. See what I did there? Yes, I, I did. I, I want to. I don't want to emphasize what you did, but everybody knows what you just did. Cal, what do you got? I'm going to give you the game that I feel is the best game on the slate this week. That's Detroit at San Francisco, Sunday night. Oh, oh come on. That's nice. I, I can't. I, I, listen, that, that, I, I can't even. I'll, I'll give that in one sentence. San Francisco, open your go. Who, the, 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 the Lions will not come out of there uh, victorious. They're okay. going to be like meeting the Romans there, huh? That <laughs> could be. All right. Well, I so think you... San Francisco, San Francisco on their home field is gonna be a tough one. I like uh, one. this I, this idea that the next couple of picks you sing the winner. Oh, all right. I too can bad. sing that. Too bad there's I not can a sing team that winner in three notes. <laughs> right. Too bad. Too bad there's not a team in L.A. Swam. L.A. is fine, but it, oh no, no, there probably is, but no. that's okay. <laughs> uh, all right, hey, I got I'll one. give you guys one. I'll give you okay, guys one. Good. All right. Uh, last week we did pretty good at Monday night picking, right? Yes. So how about this week? What do you guys think about Denver at Atlanta? Oh, Cal. Oh, uh, go I ahead. Go, go, give it to Cal. Why not? Throw him <laughs> on the sword. Throw him <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> Cal. What? Hey, Manning. <laughs> Look, you you have taught us a thing or two about being accountable, Swami. So I'll take this at- one. Okay. All right. I say yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta. I like Atlanta in this game. In the dome? Ah. In the dome. I think Atlanta really was impressive last week. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think uh I think I, I think I'm gonna go with that one too, Cal, because I, I feel like Atlanta last week was a little uh uh was was impressive. I think Denver was a little home cooking there. I think you could have gotten to Manning. I'm I mean he was Manning, they waited way too long to go to the no huddle. You could see a lot of points in this game. I happen to like good teams <laughs> in their home opener too. Yeah, and Atlanta's a okay. different team at home than they are on the road. I mean, they're a completely different team in that dome than they are. I mean, that was huge for them to get a road win last week. Okay. Because you, know, you figure they're going to go six and six and two, seven and one in that dome. So yeah, I like Atlanta comments. as well. How about you, Swam? No, I'm going with the. I'm going with Denver. You're okay. going with the Peyton Manning. Well, I'm I, here's my logic. Well, 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 put it like the Swami logic. Uh, he's only going to get better until they finally figure out how to cripple him. <laughs> he's got the toolbox. He's got he's got all the, the necessary uh, attributes. You just can't argue matter, with that. Well, it doesn't matter how they plug him in, you know, unless they can figure out a way to, to run him down with a, a maybe if they can bring the Zamboni machine on the field and say it got. You know, like they're hijacked or something. Uh, blame Zamboni. Not, not, that that, not that, believe me, not that there's anything wrong with Ryan. And he was very impressive last week. I liked him. I'm just thinking, if you had to give me a choice between two teams, I'm going out on that proverbial L-I-M-B. Okay. And uh, t- taking Denver. All right. I can't uh, say the word L-I-M-B, but I could spell it. Yes. Now, All right, uh, I'll say it. I'm going out on a limba. Limba. Uh, let's got to be let, at the end. Let's do. I know. Uh, let's do three uh, quick here. Okay. Uh, Dallas at Seattle. This is a very interesting game to me. Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> that was excellent. Washington at St. Louis, RJ, RG3. Very, very good last week yeah, in his yeah. debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but I have to do this quickly, right? Yeah. Uh, Redskins. All right, sir. Uh, how about uh, Tampa Bay at the New York Oh, Jones? I knew you were going to say that. I knew I you gotta were going to go for I got to do it. I got to do it. We're going to talk about you the know, Giants in a couple of minutes. You know, I like to stay away from these homespun games because a lot of emotion gets in there, you know. Right, and you were 0 for 2 last week on them, too. So, you know, just saying. 0 for 2 on, on, the, the, on home, the home, home team. teams, I know. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, I don't even like these things. I understand. Uh, I'm going with the Giants. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Cal, should we do it? Should we give him uh, Jets at Pittsburgh? I mean, let's... I don't know. I thought that no. was going to be the easiest one for you guys to stay away from. I don't think I want to know. Nah, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to know all how the, that turn out. All of the prognostications and all of the, uh, you know, you throw the, the, the bones in the, in the sand and you read the tea leaves and everything like that, everything is pointing for me uh, as a professional prognosticator of sporting events, uh, preferably football, uh I have to go against the Jets. Okay. So you like the Steelers? There, hey, you know nothing. Well, nothing, nothing wrong Pittsburgh. with that. It's yeah. Pittsburgh. They're at home, right? Yeah. They're zero one. They're ornery. I'm not sure if uh, any of those. I mean, I'm not sure if Sanchez uh, can get into the stadium without having his head shrunk a little bit. Uh, and, you know, Coach Ryan, of course, is just he hasn't touched down yet. He's still, I think, he's still about a half a foot and a half off the floor. I, I don't think no. that's accurate, Swam. I think yeah, they're all uh, very yeah, modest. They, all, they, they said the right thing. They did. Yeah, well, uh, they, they did. Well, I mean, what more I mean, can they do but say the right things? Yeah. Hey, listen, if I got 48 points on my side and the other guys didn't come close, I could say a lot of stuff. But they, they well, said I know there's, the, there's the work biggest, to be done and they haven't won anything yet. And, you know, they, they exactly, said the right the thing. Biggest, the biggest comment I heard about that game uh, wasn't about their successes and their achievements and was their was the what's it called the fact that somebody we know and we won't pronounce his name because he'll just make fun of the way I pronounce it only gained eleven yards in five carries. <laughs> yeah. You know, and what about the other four hundred and twenty four players on that team and the coaches and the up Yeah. Team? Well we don't write uh, the papers yeah. for sure. No, I know that. And I don't even read them. Yeah. Hey, I don't need we, to read them. Can we get a can we get a quick can we get a quick pitch in here for your sponsor? Yes. Okay. Hopefully. Now, you say they are appealing to adult sports crowd? That's correct. Now, you think uh, you can approach them, because I know you guys are on a, a first uh, logo basis. Uh, as a senior, ask them if they have any kind of, like, special deals for the senior crowd. Oh, huh? they do, for sure. For sure. Really, what do they do, have just uh, four-ounce beers, so they're not <laughs> having to pick up those mugs? They have a nice uh, sherry. That they do. They oh, do a little good nice, sherry. Uh, <laughs> low cholesterol wings. Right. Uh, they do a nice happening. little uh, sugar-free cookie, nice. Maybe a little anisette. Right. Dead. Exactly. And, <laughs> right. And they have they have pre-chewed food, so you, you get a little bit of the. Uh, uh, One guy, smaller piece. Very nice. They do. Cake. What are you guys are going to be coming from the uh, actual venue? I, I think we're looking at the uh, the last week of September for the first one. Maybe on a Wednesday night, the twenty-sixth. You're looking at it. What does that mean? I mean well, you know, you, as you, you, as you well know, as you, you well know, there commit? are uh, there are clearances, committees. Uh, yeah, in other words, you got to you got to check with the home front. That's correct. That's what I thought. 
Swam, you used to, you know, you you you're not one of those guys. You know what I mean? Never was. That's that's absolutely correct. <laughs> I just want to leave you guys on a serious note because I know you're trying to get rid of me. I've already spent 21 minutes uh, on hold. Right. Uh, so I guess I should spend 21 minutes on air. But uh, right. on a serious note, I just want to let everybody know that the response to the uh, this year's 11th anniversary of the World Trade Center uh, attack and killing over you know 2,700 people, 23 police officers, 343 firemen in New York City uh, wasn't forgotten and was noted by those people. Uh, who have attended these memorials. We'd like to thank everybody out there for their continued support and just keep those people in your prayers if you do pray. If you don't pray, start. But uh, on that note, the Swami will be heading for the old corral because they're giving uh, warm milk and cookies. <laughs> I think the Jello is being passed around, right? Jello is good. Love Jello. Always I-57. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I'm, that's, we, my, uh, that's my that's my job on the other nights when I'm not on. You know, uh, you are a hellacious, a hellacious bingo caller. That's for sure. No uh, doubt about it. We uh, we definitely appreciate the sentiments uh, about the uh, memorial for 9/11, of course. And uh, if you can't keep pe- those people in your prayers, keep them in your thoughts. But either way, think exactly. of them and uh, never forget them. And uh, thanks, Swam. Take care, guys. Have okay, pal. Week. We'll talk to you next bye. week. Bye. 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 Good job, the Swami there. I, he wants redemption, Cal. He's yeah, he's out for it. He's out for redemption and justice. Yeah, <laughs> he's not Chuck Norris. Oh, he, he sounded very vengeful. Yeah, we have another CBS uh, show on our hands here. We've done uh, out on a ledge, out on a limb. That's a sitcom. Right now, we need a, uh, a serious Sunday nighter to go after sixty minutes. A procedural. A procedural, if you will. Right. And I think Swami out for justice. Right. But we can't use out for justice. Obviously, that's been used. Uh, uh, one word really works really well these like, days. Like the Swamiest? <laughs> or the ist, right. Right. Something's got, you know. <laughs> the prognosticatorist? The generalist? The ge- <laughs> Something worst, like that. Worst show ever. The generalist. He just goes around making, you know, very, right. very unspecific statements <laughs> about everything. Right? You know, if it's raining, you should really probably have an umbrella. Wow. On the generalist. <laughs> uh, Don't we think those cookies some milk. <laughs> uh, we uh, we appreciate the swamp coming on. Of course, we'll have him uh, weekly. Uh, let's get back to where we were, which is uh, the big unload. We have the Mets, we have the Giants and the Jets to talk about for sure. Uh, Bishop PJ is here. He's in the building. So, Kyle, we'll talk to him in a bit. But I want to get back to what we were talking about because we, we talked about the Yankees. I still I want to get back on the couch here. I'm going to lay my head back down and oh. talk to my, my doctor. All right. Dr. Cal. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I just you know, I had to grab a cup of coffee. Right. Check my messages. There's pl- I have plenty of appointments set up for the next Let me, uh, next week or so. Uh, people just like yourself. Sure. That have problems. Everyday problems. But you know what? Everybody's got problems. Your problems are no more important than the next person's problems. But that's why I'm here. I'm here to solve problems. I want to listen to what you have to say. I'm going to help you. You know? Wow. You're really getting in the Sorkin. That was good. You like that? Did PJ send you something? No. That was. <laughs> Did he text you something? Or was that improvisation? 
off the cuff. Off the cuff. Um, so here's the thing with the Mets, right? Do we want to do the Mets? Or you want to do the football? Come back to the Mets. No, because the Mets. Mets is, I mean, it, it it really is. I had a psychotic, I had a psychiatric break last I, night. It just it it ended. I can't I can't do it anymore. I can't. I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's important to kind of put this to bed for the next uh, month or so until the off season. All right, it's. I we, look. We, we're going to do this now. We're not going to mention the Mets again. At least. At least. That's nonsense. Until. You know it. You know we can't resist. Because there's nothing. There would be nothing to mention. What else could possibly go wrong with this team? <laughs> <laughs> you said this morning that you wanted five minutes on the Mets. So uh, please. It was an exaggeration. No, but please take the five minutes, and then I will describe to you where it. As my friend, okay, as one of my oldest and dearest friends, and we have suffered with this team. We have, we have, we have cried. We have laughed. We have. It's better than cats and ET. Okay, it's it, emotional roller coaster doesn't even begin to describe it. If you feel for this team, so I need to talk to you about why I found myself even watching the game last night. Well, I know why you were watching the game. Go on. <laughs> there were very clear implications. No, it was not for fantasy. I'm done. I was done by last night. No, you weren't done. I'm, I'm 90 points down, and Ike Davis wasn't even playing. Gal. No, but already, but Dickie pitched. No, not last night. Oh, Harvey pitched. Harvey last pitched. Night. Oh, I watched both that's nights. Why, Gal. That's why you watched Tuesday night. I watched both nights. But last night, the fantasy implications were gone. That's true. And I got a text message from my uh, my buddy Jimmy, great great Met fan Jimmy, who texts me with exactly what I'm thinking, and he, his text reads, "I can't believe I'm watching this team. Why am I watching this game? They are just awful. The only thing worth watching this game for is Keith Hernandez. Is the guys in the booth right? Who who has completely gone off a ledge? Yeah, they were." T- what he said they were talking about last night it was fantastic. Out of, is he out on a limb? He's out on a limb. Okay. Out on a ledge. Right. Um, and he texted me exactly what I was thinking. Why am I watching this game? And there's, then, not, there's nothing to watch. They got shut out again. They lost 2 nothing. They haven't scored more than three runs at home in 13 straight games. They are 4-22. and 22. Is it, Or 4-21, and 21, whatever it is. In their last 25 home games at City Field, there are three teams with as many or more wins than them at home since the All-Star break. They, they are, they are, they are, it's like a review for Spinal Tap. <laughs> it, it, it's simply a two-word review, blank sandwich. Like, I don't want to, you know... I talked about wanting five minutes. I don't want those five minutes because I want to. I want to use this time a little bit more productively. <laughs> and I want to about the Mets. We're going to talk about the Mets. Okay. But you, but you and I are going to talk this through and try to figure out. You're the doctor. That's right. I am. How did how did this happen? How did this happen? How did we go three months ago? Three months ago, we were at. Arguably the highest point in our Met fan life. Well, Johan Santana, arguably. Arguably. Oh, okay, okay. 
and I won't argue for it. But I, but you got to throw it out there. Top top three, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Top certainly top three. Johan Santana pitches the first no hitter in Mets history. Yep. All right. Compels us to to to, to throw an extra show in the mix on a Saturday morning. The that, night our, had, that our wives let us do. I don't think they knew about it. Had to be a big deal. How did we, and then and then that was Saturday. Then the Sunday night, Jonathan Nice pitches against the Cardinals. They beat him on Sunday night baseball. They go eight games up on June third, tied for first. Tied for first. How did we get to this? And what this is, this is what everybody expected out of this team this year. But I don't even think they expected this. Right. How how did how did this happen so quickly? I, 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 it's, it's a little bit rhetorical because I know you don't have the answer. It's so disheartening. Nobody has the answer. It's here's, disheartening. Here's where I am. Here's where the break occurred last night. Yeah, Jimmy, I and I, Jimmy and I are going back and forth. We're texting back and forth. Like, how did this? It, it, these exact questions. What do you do? How do you fix it? We're talking about on-the-field stuff. We're talking about off-the-field stuff. We're talking about... Why can't we get a new owner? Why can't, you know, but we're stuck with this owner. What can they do? Should they sign right? Should they trade right? Should they trade? Why bother uh, signing right long term? All this stuff we're going back and forth. While watching Harvey pitch really well. He's got 10 and 5 innings. Right, 10 and 5 innings. When he controls his fastball, he has got unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. Like top of the rotation, ace upside stuff, without a doubt. And yet... You watch that lineup, and you you you. Uh, okay, so here's what I came up with. When the break happened, was there a specific thing yes. that happened? Yes, or? it was David Wright getting a base hit in a one nothing game, getting a base hit, stealing second base with two outs, and being stranded there as Scott Hairston uh, pops up to shortstop or whatever. And here's David Wright who goes two for four with two stolen bases. You know, playing as hard as he, and I'm looking at it, and I, it finally, I gave in. I gave in. They should trade David Wright. The Wilpons do not deserve to have David Wright on the team. That's part one of the epic, unprecedented, met psychological break that I had. I think they should sign. Pick up the option and trade him before next season. So it's not really it's not really a sign and trade because he has an option that they can just they'll just pick the option up. I'm saying pick up the option and then right. trade, but before the season. Well, you have to, yeah, you have to do it before the season. Don't even go into the season. Pick up. You're not going to sign him long term. There's no point in signing him long term. You're not going to spend seven years and and have the last few years of his contract be twenty million dollar years when he's thirty six years old, thirty seven years old. You're not going to do it. And frankly, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He deserves better owners. Not a better franchise. Not a better fan base. Certainly not. Those things, he deserves better owners. Who are more committed. And and David Wright is a wonderful player. He's homegrown, so we put him on a different level. Okay, He has had superstar seasons. He hasn't had one in four years. You know, he hasn't, Bry. 
Right? When was his last superstar season? It was 2008. Right. Not before before City Field. Right. This season's very good. It's not a superstar. It's not a $20 million a year player. It's not. And I don't know if he's ever going to be that again. So you know what? If you're going to do this, and you're going to run this club on austerity, and you're going to run it uh, into the ground with no consideration, no humiliation, no care about the fan base, then trade the guy. You owe it to him. So that's A. All right. The other part of this comes from, or, or, or came from, sprung from this. And this is, you know, this is not life or death, folks. I know it's a stupid baseball team. I get that. There are things going on in the world that are life and death, okay? I'm not. And make no mistake, this is a stupid baseball team. Yes. <laughs> Let's put the emphasis on stupid baseball right. team. By the way, they made a, a a Mets crack in the newsroom two episodes ago. Oh, did they? Yeah, about how I think the 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 general idea was uh, you don't go from uh, being unbelievably good to unbelievably bad. Only the Mets do that. Now only the Mets. There that you go. quickly. Yeah, it was basically an only the Mets joke. Only that making it into the lexicon yep. of Aaron Sorkin now. Correct, and I couldn't even say anything about it. Great. So the other part of this is I don't mean to express the gravity here. I get it. It's sports. Okay, but for you and I, sports is a distraction. This is supposed to not remind me of how crappy things are in Libya, you know, or the or the terrible things that go on. You know, this is sports supposed to be, and we as Met fans are helpless. Helpless. You say it all the time. Sports is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be contentious. You're not supposed to get in fights over it. It's not supposed to ruin your life. It's supposed to be fun. And as a Met fan, I, I agree with you. It, it it's is not, not ruining my life, obviously. No. Well, it's, I'm saying it's not supposed to. That's my point. Right. But it's not you – look for, you look for it as a distraction, as a hobby, as something fun to do. And it's not – anything fun to do and hasn't been with the exception of three months this year for the last six years. You know, I, I love baseball. I, I love, that's why I'm watching that game last night because I have it on in the background. I have it muted. I'm playing with Wes or whatever. And I have it on in the background because I love baseball because I'm watching Matt Harvey and I want to see what he does with his off-speed pitch, and I want to see if he's still hitting 95, 96 in the fifth inning when he's 100 pitches in, and I want to see, you know, uh, I want to see David Wright. I want to see David Wright try to, you know, uh, get his average back up to 320 and, and have a 410 on-base percentage. I, I love baseball, and in a month, I'm not going to have it anymore. So that's why I'm watching. But you know the feeling that we talk about all the time, Cal, with um, the Islanders and the Islanders moving and how we resigned ourselves to the fact that we have no control over the situation. No recourse. We have no recourse. There's nothing we can do. If the Islanders don't re-up in Nassau County, don't go to Brooklyn, they are leaving and there's nothing we can do. Right. It's a little, it's a little bit different because it's not like you can say, well, just don't go to the games to support the owner. Because whether we go or we don't go, it doesn't matter. But it's the same thing with the Mets. Whether we go or don't go, it doesn't matter. Cal, there's 6,000 people in the stadium. 
Yeah, now in 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 theory, it does matter when they just when lost you, another twenty five million dollars, Bry. I know, but my my point is is no if people don't go to the stadium, the team does not get the revenue from attendance. They don't get the revenue from attendance. They can't get themselves out of the hole that they're in. I, I look, look, look. I get it that whether the stadium is packed every night, it's not going to make a difference because of the incredible hole that they are in. Not only that, the owners don't care. That's right. what I'm talking about. Right. The Wilpons don't care. They help. Jimmy said it perfectly. I said to him, I said, "Isn't it amazing how vilify? Could you imagine if the Wilpons owned the Yankees?" And did this to the Yankees. Could you imagine how vilified they would be in this town? But because they own the Mets, they've been able to get away with this. And because they're friends with the commissioner. And he said, Steinbrenner may have been a clown, may have been a gas bag, but he was never broke. And it's a great point. Yankee fans hated Steinbrenner, but he was never broke. That's true. Always put money into the team. Always. That was never the problem with him. He was just a loudmouth idiot. Often. You know, Jason Fry, who writes for Faith and Fear and Flushing, which is another just top-notch Met blog, Jason Fry, Greg Prince, they, um, he, wrote a, he wrote a post today. He talked about how he's, he's pretty much at his lowest point as a Met fan, and he's been a Met fan since the 70s. And he talked about all of the other downtimes in Met history. You know, in 79, after they traded Seaver and Kingman and, and before uh, Wilpon and Doubleday bought the team. He talked about in 93 when Vince Coleman was throwing firecrackers at people. Um, all of these other periods in Met history that, that they were bad, and, and in some cases even worse than they are right now. So the difference with those times was that the Wilpons had money. They weren't broke. There was always the possibility that they could buy their way out of it somewhat. You know, it, it takes a combination of, of smart purchases and smart scouting and drafting and all that, but they at least had that piece of it where you knew there was some hope that maybe if a, a great free agent gets on the market, they could spend some money and bring somebody in for a quick fix. Right now, they're bad and they're broke. And there's no sign of hope anytime in the future as long as the Wilpons own this team. That's spot on. I think you know, it's funny because the guys at Metzmerize are doing a podcast now on Blog Talk Radio and supposedly it's really, really good. And um a Met only podcast. And uh they were doing one earlier tonight and apparently one of the guys, Matt, uh from there, maybe Pignatero, um was going off. Like there was like a tweet on how he was going off on the Mets. And like you're talking about Fry doing it and stuff like I feel like it, it for some reason last night it reached this critical mass point. Yeah, well you know what it is, Steve. This is and and the big the big stat here is it's the second time this season they got swept in a six game homestand. Right. That had only that, happened seven times in their history. In their history. And they did it twice in, in the span of six weeks. Six weeks. Um I think and you see it and all of the all of the bloggers that we follow and we read and all of the great, great Met fans who are ultra supportive, the guys that stay optimistic, even when everybody is, is, is slinging arrows and being snarky, everybody to a man is pretty much thrown in the towel at this point. And that's not good 
for this franchise when the passionate ones are given up. Right, but and here's the thing. He, yes, and here's what's worse, Brian. They don't care. They don't care. I the know. Wilpons don't care. They held on to their team. They are so tone deaf to this fan base that they don't care. They met, they, their, they met their objective this year. They got to hold on to the team. Steve, we keep we we keep using the phrase tone deaf with this with this ownership group all the time. Is, are they tone deaf? Would imply that they're just they're just oblivious to it. You're right. I don't think they're oblivious to it's, it. Steve. It's, I think right. it's worse. I don't think they care. I don't think they care, and they they intentionally don't care. Yep. They have one goal, and that's to get themselves financially back on track at the expense of everything and keep the team and no matter what the cost and keep the team really as a vanity thing yep. because the team is not making any money for them in their family that's that's all it is i mean fred wilpon is literally keeping the team so his son will have it that's not tone deaf though no you're right that's arrogant that's that's just, just what are, stubborn arrogant stubborn arrogance stubborn arrogance defiance I, I, defiance Arrogant yeah. defiance. That's what it was. Yep. I mean, you, you, I can't see you were going to talk about Terry Collins with the accountability with this team and stuff. I can't kill Terry. What's he supposed to do? You can't. You can't kill him. But I mean, how I much mean, more? I can't, do you have even, to... I can't even kill the players anymore at this point. What are they supposed to do? It's not like they're not trying. They're just not good. I don't. I think in some cases they're not trying. I think they could be trying a little harder. I think. I, I, I and guess. I think. And I think. I guess they can't hit Brian. They're just I a think terrible team. There well, are some... I, I don't want to excuse it. You're right. But what is Terry Collins supposed to do? How is he, who, how is he supposed to hold somebody accountable? No, and, and he, he is in a complete no-win situation because if he says nothing, then everybody will know that he's given up. And if he goes out there and he tries to accentuate the positives and try to put some kind of spin on it... He gets, he gets called, he gets he gets called Art Howe. Right. Or Kotite. So he's so they've all put him in this spot. Yeah, I I, I don't think there's anything more. I I think the man should retire. I really do. When I talk about the accountability, I think he should resign and move upstairs. I really do. I mean, how much more does he need to take? There, there there's nothing more he can do. Let let Wally Backman take this, because there's nothing more this this man can do. He's a good man. He's a good baseball man. He's he he's done everything. He's bled for this team. Uh, for the last two years, he has tried to get them to play the right way. He has tried to preach the right things. He has forged a relationship with David Wright that's uh, uh, second to none. Wright sounds like it's like his dad. Okay, he's made him the captain of this team. David Wright has matured immensely under his watch. There's nothing more to be done with these players. You know why? Because the owners don't give a crap. Because it still and- says Wilpon and Sterling on the letterhead. And that's all that matters. And what they do, and and this is this is just what they've done. And, and look, I am not by any means an Omar Minaya fan. I think he was a buffoon. <laughs> I think he had no uh, no business sense. He's a scout whatsoever. He's a scout. He's a great baseball guy. He's not a communicator. No, he can't run a scout. business. He's a great scout. He's a great scout. He's a scout. And it goes back to him. What the Wilpons do. And eventually, my fear is that Sandy Alderson and his group are going to get wise to this if they haven't already. The right. Wilpons throw these guys out there to take the bullets. Oh, oh, you know, Alderson's on the front line. 
Alderson and Collins are both on the front line. You don't ever hear from Jeff. You don't ever hear from Fred. And when you, you will... do, they don't know. They're like the other, like last week, we don't know what the payroll is going to be. We haven't discussed it. You haven't discussed no. it. You haven't discussed what the payroll is going to be for the team next year. But you will hear from them. Go ask Sandy. Yeah. Well, there you go. Shoot at him. Go you know, ask Sandy. They're essentially ducking behind these guys. You know. Uh, but my point, my point on go ask Sandy. He said. My point on accountability and unacceptable, and those are the two words that I use, because every year you hear the same thing. And in about three weeks, when this season is over, Jeff Wilpon is going to come out from behind his bush that he's been hiding behind, and he's going to talk tough. He's going to be up there, and Fred Wilpon's going to be standing there with that, with that stern jaw of his, not saying anything, Saul Katz is going to be standing there, and we don't know what the heck he does. <laughs> He's always there. Talk about a silent partner. And Jeff Wilpon is going to talk about how this is unacceptable, right? and people need to be held accountable, and the accountability starts with us. You're going to hear it's the same speech that we have heard millions and millions of times, and not, not one Met fan is going to want to hear it. No, not anymore. And and if they think that they could just you know ah oh, mea culpa it was us we're gonna we're gonna do something about this nobody's gonna buy it this time and I think they're gonna they're gonna experience a backlash like they've never experienced before this year I hope so because you know what I'm feeling right now Brian and I I do want to talk about football because I I those are, that's a happier thing to talk about although I do have concerns about the sustainability of the league I don't know why I read the, I did that as a disclaimer by the way. <laughs> Although uh, Steve does have <laughs> Steve does have concerns about the sustainability of the league. If he's expressed by Steve Sampietro not certain on load, it's partners and it's feelings. Um I think last night for the first time I I think I I'd like to think I know uh or I can watch baseball at a uh a nice level. I know a lot about baseball. I like I, I love the game. I, I love the game. Don't be modest. You watch it at a, at a higher level. No, I, 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 you know the I, game. I, I know. I, I like. I know the game pretty well. So I can get something out of even watching the, you know, the Mets and the Nat and the. Well, I was gonna say Nats. Imagine the uh, hundred win Nats. Um, the Nat, uh, the Mets and the Marlins in two weeks. I'll get something out of that game. It's, 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 it's baseball. It's enjoyable for me. Last night, Bry. This feeling of hopelessness and lack of recourse. Look, I'm a control freak. Okay, I'm not a. Con- I'm not like. Wouldn't call myself OCD. I wouldn't call myself, uh, you know, uh, clinical. But I, I have trouble relinquishing control. This is why my fantasy losses are bothering me so much right now. Um. And I don't like that as a fan, where I'm unbelievably passionate, I have no control over who owns the team. I have no control over the destiny of the team. None. And I'm not going to stop rooting for them. I'm not going to go become a Padres fan. I can't. So my options are don't care so much, which is what everybody tells me, but it's you in my DNA. I can't yeah. just turn it off. No. I love the game. 
I love the team. And I have no control. None. You never do, though. When you, If you stop and think about it, no matter how good or how bad they are, you never do. No, that's true. You but, only control how you react to what's going on. But when it's shoved in your face that you have no control. Like, most of the time, you can drift along with that. You know what I mean? When things are at this level, and it's and it's so clear that you have no control, that's where I have a problem. This is why parenting is very difficult for me. <laughs> and that, you know, that 40 weeks of pregnancy were very, very difficult. Nothing you can do about it. Because you got, you got nothing. No. You don't got the bookkeeper, you got nothing. You know, it's a lot like the untouchables. <laughs> Both being a Mets fan and a parent. That's right. <laughs> you got the bookkeeper, you got nothing. Ugats, you got nothing. So uh, that's it with me and the Mets. Uh, I don't know if there's a campaign I can start. I, I don't know. I want to do something. I feel called to action. It's an election year. Can't we Can't we get something on a ballot? Yeah. Some sort of referendum? Oh, there's yeah. a referendum on this team, all right? Yeah. You failed. <laughs> and you know what? I have hope because uh, I'm an idiot. What, what I, do you? I, but what do you, what what do you hope? Do you hope they sell the team? Do you hope the team is taken from them? Do you hope that they just get themselves back on their feet so they can run it like a like a major league organization? What do you hope at this point? That the team is taken from them. Is taken from them. Yeah, because that, that's that's it. That's the only hope I can possibly have. So then, really. I think our option is is time is is going to have to be our ally here because Bud Selig is not going to be around forever. No. As the commissioner. <laughs> as as the commissioner. Right. Let's be clear. I'm just, <laughs> the 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 uh, brass at MLB is listening in. So that was not a threat. <laughs> you should have said, uh, you know. Uh, but Seelig's not gonna live forever. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. No, no, that's. I'm just saying. The man, life is temporary. This mortal coil that we have here. <laughs> you know, he said the man sold a lot of cars. Let's be honest. A lot of mileage on those tires. That's all I'm saying. He's not gonna be around forever. That's all. <laughs> no, no, that's it. We all got heavy debts that come due sooner or later. <laughs> They got they 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 have to have the team taken away, Brian. And and it. and it will never be taken away unless Bud Selig is not the commissioner. If he has no control over it, or they just get into such financial, or I mean, even with the Madoff thing settled, they get in such financial arrears, the banks take the team away from them. Wow, I mean, that's possible. Maybe that's what Saul Katz will do next. He'll be the commissioner of baseball. Could you imagine? Right, that'd be just so wonderful. But so I've appointed my my successor. He's a good man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Saul Cat. Jeff, Jeff Wilpon. Jeff. New commissioner of baseball. He rides in on his tricycle. Uh, <laughs> uh, and lastly, uh, trade right. Get what you can for him. I, see, I don't agree with that. It's over. Uh, trade right. Trade Dickey. Get, let's go. I, we can trade Dickey. Well, we're we're going to have a lot of time in, yep. in the winter to talk about that. But um, Yep. Rebuild. That's it's it. just but Trade you, right. Ugh. You said it best, though. It's it's amazing how last night's loss 
was the tipping point <laughs> yeah, it's for just every good Met fan that was left. To just lose it. You know, and let's see. Let's see what happens. That was it. Okay, so uh, we're good with the Mets for a while? For a while. Did the Yankees uh, win there? He didn't do nothing. Big they win. did win. They did. Yeah, Phil Hughes with a with a tremendous pitch, pitching performance. Against the 20-game uh, under Red Sox. But, you know. Uh, with their minor league lineup. Hey, why can't we go Red Sox? How? Because they're going to sell that team. Sports they guy, are. Sports guy was talking about it today. And yeah, they're going to sell the team. Yeah, no, they are going to sell the team. And but they, they just have unloaded a quarter of a billion dollars in, in payroll. They don't owe $400 million anywhere. I, exactly. Even but that's why they can sell the, the team. Even more reason for these, these guys to sell the team. They're but, never uh, going to get out of debt. No, they're not. Ever. How they go, uh, Brian, how could they go to City Field last night and see 6,000 people there? Against the Nats, the first you place think, team you, you, who's, you, you, who is having a party beating us. Having a party. And, and, and when one of your legendary figures in your history, Davey Johnson, greatest manager of all time, of all Met history. Yep. Again, arguably. No, he, calls, yeah, he is. He called the place a morgue. A morgue. Called the place a morgue. I mean, yep. He, he might as well have just pulled his pants down and taken a leak on uh, the pitcher's mound. Yep. At that point. Called the place a morgue. Drinking a bottle of champagne. Called the place a morgue, Jeff and Saul and Fred. Your stadium. Pride and joy, what you what you got yourself in all of this debt for. Yep. A oh, morgue. Oh, boy. 6,000 people. But sell yep. some more steak sandwiches. That's <laughs> The food is fantastic. The food, okay. I, you can't give them credit for that. No. They're not cooking. Uh, I do like Harvey, Cal. I really do. Love I'm not. I'm not going to go all crazy and, and go nuts and say he's a Cy Young Award winner. But when you have guys like Keith Law say that he has ace upside and potential, a guy who a does not like the Mets, and b never says that about. I mean, is the most critical guy of prospects ever. Hey. Unless he. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. B. Great job, everybody. Great job on the floor tonight. Good hustle. Um, and he says today, ace upside potential. And Brian, I see it. I see it with my own eyes. You know where he passes the test? He's a bulldog, that kid. We said it before yeah. on the show. The anti Pelfrey. Oh yeah, he he pitches inside. He's not he, afraid to throw the ball past you. He pitches inside. He has a lot of Clemens, a lot of Halliday, a lot of. He gives up a two-out walk. And he's he's going to have to learn to control that, actually. But it yeah. seems like he's got good... He's not Jason Isringhausen. It seems like he's got good rage control. You know, like yeah. Isringhausen at that age used to lose control and not be able to get out of an inning. You know, and had fantastic stuff. Isringhausen had great stuff when he first came up. Uh, I, oh, I, if, if Wheeler is anything, Cal... They've got something there. They'll have something in the pitchers. Uh, Tejada, I think, is 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 a nice little building block. Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan. I know you don't like him. Um, he's he's fine. He's he is a fine piece. I I think he's got to hit the weights. I think he, look, we'll have time to break down 
the Mets. I, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to get that in about Hollywood. No, it's okay. And, and, and I just wanted to say that I've never seen uh, a worse major league center fielder, <laughs> everyday center fielder, and everyday catcher. I've ne- I have never seen two worse at that position, and they're playing simultaneously for this team. Are you talking about Tolly and? Uh, I'm talking Torres? about Tolly and Torres. Yeah. It's you know it's you can got, make it. It's gotten away from Josh, hasn't it? When you go around the diamond, and they talk about how the team is so bad, and you go around the field, and you can kind of you can either see a positive, maybe see a bright spot in somebody, or make an excuse for them. Even you can't do either with these two guys. Nope. I think you trade Murphy. I think you trade Duda or Davis. I think you just uh, you bring up Flores and you start moving Flores through the system quickly to go to third base after you trade Wright. Do you trade Nice? Depends on what I get back for Wright, Dickey, Davis, or Duda, or Murphy. If I get pitching back with an outfielder, outfielder would be nice. Um, then I think about trading Nice. Absolutely. Right. Although I like Nice. You know, a rotation of Harvey, Wheeler, Nice, uh, G, McHugh, Familia, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, who's the other kid? Mejia. Uh, Mejia, perhaps, or, you know, one of those guys in the bullpen. That, you have a lot of good arms. Yeah, but you know you, what? You, Steven Matz, I know the attrition rate is high, but I, I know it is. No, no, my point was Nice, nice is a proven commodity. He's a young. Yep. And you just find him. Left-hander. Yep. And, I mean, they're, they're, com- they're comparing. Now, he's not the same pitcher as Gio Gonzalez, but they're talking about the Mets could get a package like Oakland got for Gio Gonzalez. It You'd might. have to consider that. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I don't think they're going to get that much, but... Right, I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, in a heartbeat. Oh, struck him out. All right, let's move on. Why Why is the NFL not a sustainable business model? Okay, here's the problem. <laughs> Can we just... Let's say hello to PJ, because he's been... The, the, and, and then we'll talk about football. Can he tell us why it's not sustainable? He might. He might. Let's see if he's... Is he there? Do we have him? Is I he here? He's... Looks like he's here. There's a question mark next to his name. Oh, that's upsetting. He's the Riddler. He is the Riddler. We have his music. That should that should rouse him from his slumber. That should. <laughs> Hi, Peach. The answer is sex. There's not enough sex in the NFL. Wait, wait to make an entrance. No, I, I thought that was why the Mets were so bad. <laughs> well, it could be. It could be why. Yeah, kind of like an old country remedy. It does a lot of people good. We're going to. Uh, hi, buddy. Welcome to the show. Are you, is everything okay? I don't know if you can hear what's going on in the background here. Sounds like there's. Uh, I, I don't know what's happening. What's happening? Can, Tell us. Can you can you hear the howling, the pain, the anguish? Yes. yes. What is the worst smell you've ever come across? Cat urine. That's a good one. Thank you. A dead rat. That's a good one. I was thinking something cadaverous. Yeah. But uh a cat dipped in skunk <laughs> is is the reason that 
I am winner. Late. I am I am tardy to the show tonight, and I apologize. And you stink. You can't. You can't believe there aren't words. I went to the dictionary. I called Aaron Sorkin. I said I need a quick monologue <laughs> about what this smells like. He said, No, I can't do it. Can't even. I can't even describe this. It's beyond my ability. Right, without without uh, referencing uh, the moon landing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to go way out. Way out. That's right. It has to be otherworldly. Well, uh, it's good to have you. I will say. Yes. Uh, I will say that uh, my wife let the cat out. And Is that a song? My, and then my wife brought the cat back in. Ooh, let the cat out. <laughs> Sorry. You don't you don't bring the skunky cat into the house. No. It's supposed to. No, everybody knows that. You know the old country <laughs> remedy for skunk? You pee on it. No, that's jellyfish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew you did that. Don't mix those two up. <laughs> Matter of fact, don't mix that up with anything. <laughs> You gotta have that one clear in your head. I know, I know, I do know what it is, but I can't think of it offhand. What you gotta pour something on it, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, we had to go for tomato juice. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh and, right. Uh, and uh, hydrogen peroxide mixed with baking soda. A little foamy, frothy, sort of bloody-looking mixture. And uh, you know how cats like bathing, so. <laughs> that went well. Right. I've never seen a cat claw its way through a slop sink. <laughs> but it is possible. Apparently. Just so just so you know. The uh that's the uh the remedy for Elaine when she gets the BO in her hair. They use uh tomato juice, right? That's right. That's right. Taylor Negron. Taylor Negron, Taylor Negron. wonderful, <laughs> wonderful character actor. First, we're going to do tomato juice. Then we're going to rinse, rinse and repeat and repeat. That is the uh, he is the first actor I met when I moved back to New York after college and uh, started pursuing an acting career. Uh, we were doing extra work on like uh, remember USA had that like Cup of Joe show or whatever it was or like it was like a studio show during a movie. So they'd be showing like a movie, and then they'd go to the studio, and oh yeah, oh yeah, we were we were extras on that. That was our first gig, and uh, they would have like guests and stuff. Like one day was uh, Mayor Ed Koch. We got to meet the mayor. Nice. Or the ex mayor. How am I doing? And uh, Taylor Negron was the guest. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of the show. It was on USA. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like Cup of Joe or something like that. And Taylor Negron was the nicest guy in the world. He was just so great, talking to us on breaks or whatever. And uh, he gave me the best piece of acting advice I received in the entire time I was acting. Wow. He said, you know what it takes to make it in this business? He said, you can have talent, you can have this. He said, connections. What was that? He said, he said uh, connections certainly don't hurt. He said, hmm. but said, you have to be convinced. And that was the word he used. He said, convinced. He said, you have to, if you walk into an audition with Scorsese and he says you stink, you have to walk out of there and say, well, what does that guy know? Like, you have to be that convinced 
in your ability to be able to do that. And it was it was great. It was it was the best piece of advice uh, I, I carried that with me, and I was so so wildly successful. Clearly, but you were convinced that it was them. I just saw you <laughs> in a commercial. Yes, you did. You did see me in All a right commercial. Then. Yeah, it's not poo poo. I I uh, no no it it really was uh, I was not convinced that it was uh, them though, Brian. No, I, honestly, I was I always maintained a conviction in my ability. If I didn't make it, it wasn't because I wasn't convinced. It was because maybe this didn't work out for me or that didn't work out for me uh, or circumstances didn't lead to me getting a certain role or, or, you know, achieving a certain amount of success. I was always convinced. You know what? That's good advice, though, for anything. Yeah, it was. No, it was. It was. But it was really applicable to what, like, a young actor is going through. Like, that idea, you're going to go on, you know, 90% of acting is rejection. You know, just I mean, you you're gonna get one out of every like eighty auditions. Wow, yeah, that's less than ninety percent. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of rejection. So it was a great Taylor Negron. Love him. He's a oh, his IMDb page must be huge. He's done everything. It just he's, done, he's everything. done everything. Yeah, he's done he's at least one episode, one walk on on everything. Yep, guy worked. Guy always worked. And my favorite role of his, of course, and the reason we started talking to him was Easy Money. Ah, was the was the son in Alison? Yeah. I am so that's bad. A, that's a classic line. Can I call you? Immortalized by dad? the band Anthrax. Is it really? Oh yeah. Well, Billy Joel does have, the the theme song. They have a they have a song called "I'm the Man." Oh, is that really? Oh yeah. That's, Huge. I know that song. I didn't know that it was based on his character in Is I'm it? the Man. I'm the Man. I'm bad. I'm so bad. I am so bad. Allison, I am so bad. I should be in detention. Uh, yeah, I should be in detention. That's the last line. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> the guy's whispering in his ear like Cyrano de Bergerac style. Tell her how bad you are. Allison, I am so bad. I liked him in Punchline. He's excellent in Punchline, too. Yep. He's basically, I guess, being himself or playing somebody he knows very well. I don't know if he was a stand-up, though, in real life. So that might have been a bit of a stretch for him. I don't know if he was ever a stand-up. Hmm. He's, he's... You don't want a carpet. You want an adiarag. <laughs> yeah, Negron fuses stand-up, dada poetry, and stream-of-consciousness storytelling. No, oh, so he is a stand-up. Yeah. I, stand, I stand corrected. You hey, Pete, we're gonna we're gonna talk about football for a couple minutes, and then can we come I'm back? I'm convinced. I'm thoroughly that, convinced that we're gonna talk about football. Yes. Cool. Uh, we'll talk to you in a minute, Cal. Uh, I'm gonna get to the sustainability of the NFL in a second. Okay. The Jets won. Yeah, they did. Really, really uh, nicely. They were convinced. They were convinced. Here's a here's a couple takeaways from the game. I think the amount that they and we're not gonna I don't want to talk about a ton. It's like a week ago, and they have a huge game coming up against the Steelers. That's you know they're all huge. It's the NFL. Really nice though to see Sanchez have that kind of first week. Like we talked about while we were watching it, couldn't really have scripted it much better. No, to, to Tebow being booed off the field. Uh, when he was brought in for the Wildcat on second and goal, for, or you know second and ten from the twelve or whatever, 
um, early in the game because Sanchez was in a rhythm. I think they've said all the right things, Bri. I think Sanchez absolutely said the right things. Um, he looked different. And I heard this from people at the game because Tom said this, uh, our buddy Tom, uh, uh, Tommy B., uh, who is a season ticket holder. Tom said he looked different. He looked like the game had slowed down for him a little bit. Um, I what 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 was your? Give me your biggest takeaway from that game. Is it is it the fact that everything went right with Sanchez? Yeah, I think so. I think that's got to be your biggest takeaway because it was everybody made it out to be such a you didn't know what you were going to get out of Sanchez. And let's be honest, Let me pull that oh, one. Oh boy. Put a nickel. Put a nickel in the jar. I'm sorry. <laughs> make let's, no mistake about it. Right, right. Let's lie to me. Let's make a lot of mistakes as we do it. <laughs> uh, when he threw that interception early in the game. Oh boy. I mean, it was it was on what the second the second drive. First drive. First drive. First drive. Open, opening drive. Right. Six six play of the year. Fifth or sixth play of the year. Yeah, they were move, moving the ball. Came out, looked great, moving yep. the ball, and then he he the flip to to Cumberland and off his hands and ill advised at best. I think everybody was kind of like, uh oh, right, this is not good. And Revis gets the interception on the next defensive possession, turns the game right back around, and San, and and that right there. The turning point in the game for me, and the biggest thing for me, was the way Sanchez took that ball back, and he he showed a confidence and he showed like a a, a conviction. He was he showed con, like he was convinced. He took control of that team. Yeah, and he got you taken know? out a couple times, you know, in rhythm. And, it seemed like, but it didn't it, seem to phase him. Didn't seem to have any effect on him. In fact, yeah. I I went and looked at you could look at the plays after the Wildcat. And he had a couple of completions on plays after Wildcat. So didn't seem to bother him at all. No. Um, and I think they sprinkled in the Wildcat and the Tebow and, and stuff like that an appropriate amount. I mean, they were up 41-7 at one point. Now, look, I hate seeing, you know, Sanchez completes a 21-yard pass to Curley down to the 11 and then comes out of the game. That, that drives you crazy. I mean, that's right. always going to drive me crazy. But this notion that... uh you know, it can't work or you shouldn't run it or blah, blah. We we you have no idea what it is. If there was ever a team that was going to be prepared to stop it, it was the Bills because they have David Lee as the quarterback's coach uh, who, in, you know, brought it with Sperano to the Dolphins. So you knew that the Bills were going to be ready for it. Right. And that first play, Tebow lined up as an H-back at tight end and everybody went, what a waste of a play and blah, 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 blah. You gotta cover him. You gotta cover him. Yeah, you do. Okay, because if you don't cover him, he's a good enough athlete that if you throw the ball to him, you're gonna have a play. It's the same thing with Sanchez split out wide. Now everybody went crazy about Sanchez being split out wide in the Wildcat, sort of missing the point. Right. Point is to not allow for substitutions. So if Sanchez comes off the field, you allow for substitutions. Is that correct? Uh that's right. So if he stays on the field, they can only do so much substituting, or you can run two plays in a row, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't hear that. Uh, I didn't hear that take on on that play. No, at all. No, as a matter of fact. The 
the uh, uh, the idea that they could they, that they can't possibly line up in the same backfield is ludicrous. The idea that we've seen anything that's going to be uh, the end, like this is it. That's our well. There it is, just the Wildcat, same old stuff. I think is is ill advised. Uh, you're never as good as you look in week one. You're never as bad as you look in week one. But I was so pleased with the game that Sperano called. It seemed like it was easier for Sanchez, and I don't know if this is a matter of fourth year. I don't know if it's a matter of the game slowing down. It seemed easier for him to check down. Now, when you get time, everything looks easy. But it seemed like it was easier for him to check down to go through his progressions. It seemed like they were running better routes. You know, and you, you saw something, Cal, that you very rarely, and, and this is not to throw, I have not come here to denigrate Mr. Schottenheimer. I've done that enough in the two and a half years of the show. <laughs> He's no friend of us. All right. But it's nice to see them throw, a, you know, an 18-yard pass on third and 12. Yeah. And and even if it's incomplete, at least they tried. And and let's let's talk a little bit about Stephen Hill. Yeah, fantastic debut. I Got all the tools. Yep. We talked about it with Brian Bassett from the Jets blog, who was extraordinarily impressed with him during training camp, more so than I think he thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it with uh, you know, with Joe Caparoso as well, about the idea that Stephen Hill, if he is an immediate factor, it's a different offense. And he was. He was immediate. It was a very, very pleasing victory. Now, Matt is a worse. <laughs> Now you got, you got to go on the road to the Steelers, who are going to be in a foul mood, take yeah. on Big Ben. They're not going to get any credit. Brian, you said it perfectly after the Jet game. What was the takeaway? takeaway was the Bills stink. Right. Gary Myers has decided that Tebow is going to demand a trade. Right. After the season. Because he's not going to want to be the backup. Right. And everything went... So badly for Gary Myers in week one. Like everything went completely badly. I don't know if, Cal, if you caught a New Yorker story. Oh, I did. Did you read that New Yorker story? It's a great story. Excellent. About how, hey, you know what? Maybe they are. Maybe uh, when they told us that this was going to work, they kind of knew what they were doing. And and also, maybe when they told us that Tim Tebow was the backup, they weren't kidding. Which we've been saying... I mean, listen, we've been saying that since the minute they brought him here. Yeah, and but everybody else, everybody else has decided that, oh, he's, he, you know, he's a football player. It's in his blood to be competitive. He's not happy. And he'll be the starter by week five. Very definitive statements, though. Like, they know exactly. He's never come out and said anything even remotely near that. Or that, he, ha- or that he, has, he had any chance to win the starting job. Any chance. It was a great article, that New Yorker article. It was very, very good. And that's and you know, rec, he, they to a man, they said it. They kept saying it. He's 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 in here for his skill set, but Mark Sanchez is our quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure he is. Yeah, we'll sure see is. by right. week four. Right. No, we'll no, see. really, really, it's it's Sanchez. And, yeah. And they're both okay with it. I know that's hard to believe, but yeah. and it took a win. It took this game for people. Anyway, maybe. Maybe they weren't lying. Right, so the immediate turnaround was to say hey. that Tebow's going to demand a trade. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know the other part of that article, which I, which I thought was great, and I hadn't really thought of this angle, is the fact that Tebow's presence and the type of guy that he is 
was going he was going to bring out the leader in Mark Sanchez and kind of be like a role model for him. Right. I didn't even think of that. I mean, I knew that they were close. I knew they were friends in college. You know, Sanchez hosted his USC recruiting trip. Yep. But you know, maybe there's something to that too. Well, you just you just hit on another big point of the article, and and of course this all has to play out. But what we saw in week one was, and a big point of the article was that everybody said that Sanchez has been coddled and he needs to have a fire lit under him. Well, the Jets went out and got the most popular player in the NFL to be his backup. If that doesn't light a fire under him, right? So, so maybe that's maybe it wasn't a publicity stunt, and maybe it wasn't go get the best quarterback you can get to light a fire under him. Right. Go get the most popular guy in the league. Yeah. And again, I still think a lot of it was a publicity stunt. I still maintain that Woody Johnson did a lot of it to sell seats and jerseys. Yeah, but maybe, could it could it be that that was the impetus of the trade, but Sperano and Rex Ryan saw something else in Tebow that, yep. well, you know what, we're going to get this guy. Let's Let's use him how we can because he's a, he's a good guy and also he can serve that purpose he can serve the purpose of motivating and lighting a fire under Sanchez you know and and having Sanchez realize because there are going to be people calling for your job from the day Tebow gets here it has nothing to do with the way he plays or the way you play and that you know quarterback starting quarterback in the New York Jets is not a lifetime appointment you have to continue to earn it so all good things in week one. I think going into week two, obviously, Revis playing is key. It's huge. I'm not on, out on any sort of limb saying that. I think Keller, uh, who didn't practice today, that's also a big issue. Um, you you want to give uh, Sanchez his security blanket, although Cumberland did a nice job. Uh, Conrad, uh, Ruland Conrad, the new tight end, did a nice job, played 31 plays. They cut Patrick Turner, Cal. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. And uh, Chaz Schillens wound up playing 31 plays in that game last week. Uh, caught a pass, looked good blocking. Uh, I think he's back to full health, and maybe they make Gates active this week. It's going to be interesting to see if the Jets' could. offensive line can do as good a job as they did against the vaunted, uh, now awful, Buffalo team and Buffalo defense. I seem to remember a lot of people picking them to be like ten and six and eleven and five, eleven and five, and make the playoffs and challenge the Patriots. And, so, and that's not to say that they still can't. But this idea that they're garbage because the Jets beat the crap out of them is a little frustrating. Right. Settle, settle down, Jet fans. It was the Bills. Yeah. Right. The the same Bills team you picked to go eleven and five and to win that game. Right. And every and if, it's funny because a lot of the people that picked the Bills preseason did it with kind of like a snarky wink like yeah hey, look how smart i am this is right. my this is this is your, your sexy <laughs> yeah. sleeper pick yeah buffalo right they pulled up they pulled up the old pantyhose on the leg there look ooh sexy sleeper oh. yeah. everybody was ringing their glasses ding 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 sleeper where are they now yeah uh the giants let's go so what do you think of the jets what do you think the uh, jet sealers what are you feeling Obviously, we'll be texting during the game. Yes. It's a nice 425 start. I remember I said, was it with, I, it might have been with Joe Caparoso from uh, Turn on the Jets. Remember I said, could this be the year that the, or it was probably with Bassett, could this be the year that the Steelers stink? 
You, you, I think you were kind of willing that, you know? <laughs> Isn't this finally the year they're 6-10? and 10? Right. It yeah. could be. I, I, It'd be nice. I was not impressed with them on Sunday night. Not impressed. No, neither was I. I um, mean, they, they got mile hide to a certain extent. And they got Manning. Place, yeah, tough place to go on the road your first week of the season. And sort of be out of shape and not, you know, not ready to play a full 40, uh, 60 minutes and have to deal with the, the elevation and the whole thing. I think they got mile high almost more than they got Manning. Is somebody going to hit uh, Peyton Manning? He got hit once. Not real hot. He went down once. Yeah. But then, the, the, you know, everybody keeps saying that. And the question remains, has anyone ever hit Peyton Manning hard? Ever? No. Oh, wait till he takes a couple of shots. When has he ever taken a shot? It's true. He and Eli Manning, and this is this is in no way, shape, but they're smart. They don't take big hits. They're smart, and they and they are always surrounded by a, a, a tremendous offensive line. Yeah, but even they're even, protected. I mean, Eli took a beating in that San Francisco game last year, right? In that conference championship game, yeah, I mean, he yeah, took yeah, a he beating, like a Duke Duke coming in to talk to Apollo's type beating. That the man kept on coming after you. Okay? And that was the worst I'd ever seen him get hit because he has this crumple zone feature <laughs> to his. <laughs> where whenever he's about to take a big hit, the other biggest hit I ever saw him take was the Jeff preseason game, which I was at that game. Oh, the winning of Bloody? Yeah. Uh, but they don't take big hits. Peyton Manning, I, I, I can count on one hand. The big hits I've seen him take over 15 years. Yeah, no, you're right. So, I I think this would be a nice time for the Steelers to, to go six and ten. And if and if Palomalu doesn't play, if Harrison doesn't play, these are huge factors. I think you know. I think this is a week, Cal, where you could see different things in the Wildcats be a big factor. This is a team I may want to run it against more. Yeah, I, well, I think single you're... option. I think you're going to see a little bit more than you saw this week with Buffalo, for Why sure. Why can't it be week to week? I, I was always, watching, I was but I think it is. Uh, no, but I'm saying the, the media like won't allow it. Like, well, no, well, well. Rex's presser the other day, his uh, I think it was his Tuesday presser, and uh, you got to start watching the press conferences, Bri. I mean, it's just it's it's like a whole different world. They post them like getting to see Ryan do the press conference and then seeing what's written is unbelievable. Wow. But he was asked, so well, how many, you know, you only 11 plays or whatever it was, you know, six plays or whatever for Tebow. And, uh, you know, do you, you are you going to get to that 20 this week? And he said, guys, it's going to be week to week. I don't know. We, we may, we're going to let the opponent dictate how much we use it. Wouldn't you do that with, like, how is it any different than what they used to do with Cordell Stewart? Oh, I'll tell you why. It's the Jets doing it. Well, because they don't know what they're doing. Right. And because no. Tebow, okay. Don't give Tony Sperano any credit for being creative and, and yeah. coming, up with, and coming up with something. Last thing on this, and then the Giants real quick, and then PJ. Um, I heard this all week, too. Nobody's afraid of the Wildcat. Right. Nobody's ever going to be afraid of it. Because it's, you know, first of all, Tebow runs the the, uh, the read option. Okay, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran a few read option plays in the Jet game. That's right. He also ran some Wildcat plays in the Jet game, which he's never run. 
And Sperano said this, and nobody picked up on it. He said it a while back. The big difference between him and Ronnie Brown is the one thing they couldn't do with the Wildcat was throw. And now they can. Well, some some will argue they can't. Look, he can throw a deep ball. Yes, he can. Ask the Steelers. Uh, Yes, he can. I mean, he can throw better than the average running back. How's that? Some will argue that also. (laughs) Look, the, the point is, that was the missing element to his wildcat with Ronnie Brown. Right. There was no threat of a throw. That's why it was effective with Brad Smith when he did throw in the playoff game. And they ran it, ran it, ran it, and then finally in the playoff game, he threw the ball. Right. So... Anyway, pleased. I I think it's going to be a really good game on Sunday. I I really I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I can definitely see the Jets in the game the whole time. And if Sanchez plays with the poise that he displayed last week, where the game maybe is slowing down from a little bit, he doesn't have to be two fifty and three touchdowns. But the the game seemed to slow for Trent Dilfer had some great analysis of what he did well and what he didn't, breaking down the film and um. Uh, even Dilfer sort of said in that analysis that he was impressed with certain things that he did differently from last year. You know, certain things he still is ball protection is still awful, but um, still runs yeah. with the ball like it's a loaf of bread. But. And he can he just he never learned how to slide. He still just still kind of not learned. We got to bring Joe Girardi in again. Stop okay. drop and roll with him. Okay, he just kind of like throws his body down and gonna get, uh, he's going to really hurt himself one day. Yes. I, I think he is. We uh, we're going to be uh, unlive unlive what in English please I don't think that that's a word we're going to lose the live feed and go podcast straight podcast on in about two minutes but really quick on the Giants because we we missed it last week we didn't talk about that game in Dallas uh, they're clearly sweating out the hangover uh, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Giant fan they get uh, Tampa Bay this week. Feelings on the Giants, Bry? Victor Victor Cruz was the most worrisome for me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like those drops. Um, just because I've seen, I've been saying all off season, like somebody should remind this guy who Steve Smith, not the one on Carolina, but the one who's now I think on the Bucks, uh, is, well, and how he had ninety eight catches for fifteen hundred yards and eight touchdowns, and then was never heard from again. Victor Cruz is a good is a good football player. Absolutely, you know I don't I don't think he's going to disappear off the face of the earth. I think I think the whole team suffered from uh, take this game lightly. Itis, right? Coming in, uh, they I don't think they were prepared. I think that Wednesday night probably threw them off a little bit too. It was kind of an odd time, in the middle of the week. These football players are creatures of habit, and you throw them on a, on a night that they've never played before. Yeah, I think there's something to that. It doesn't explain why Dallas looks so good. But I think that the, the Giants are going to be okay. I think they're going to give you a real strong bounce-back effort this week. Tampa was good last week, but they didn't really impress me. they got a good defense. They've got a good defense. I mean, their defense but... is going to be solid. they got Shiano. Maybe they, you know, maybe they believe a little bit there. Jo- does, Josh, does the game slow down a little bit for Josh Freeman? Does he take a little bit of a leap? If the Giants' secondary is banged up, Cal, it's yeah. very simple. Well, they got, they, they've got to rush Freeman all day, and they've got to get to him and knock him down a couple times. You know, they didn't really get to Romo last week. No. And their and their secondary was banged up, so that's a that's a bad combination. 
Well, you they have been able to make up for not having a great secondary for a number of years now by having the best pass rush in football. And right. so that disguises a lot of problems back there. But the guys they have back there are passable. Corey Webster's more than passable. You know, they had Terrell Thomas. They had you know, they had they've had guys that get the job done. Okay, we're gonna lose the live feed, so go to www.rtusports.com or uh, the Blog Talk Radio feed to download the podcast on iTunes and also go to BlueHavenNYC.com. Okay, so we are now in extra time uh, and finishing up on the Giants. Um, I you don't like you don't love what you saw with Cruz. I didn't love that, and I didn't love Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix didn't look ready. He's a little banged up now too. Yeah, I mean he didn't look ready with the foot. You know, there were a couple of classic Eli Manning plays. Mm-hmm. Like where, you know, Eli just sort of throws off the back foot and throws it to a spot, and he's got such a good sort of, uh, you know, he hurls it 35 yards downfield, and, uh, you know, Hickson makes a ridiculous catch, mm-hmm. and Eli. But, um, I, I mean, I think they'll be okay. I think this is a big game. You know what, still, just last thing on the Dallas game, the way that they played in that game... Yeah. They were one stop away from getting the ball back with a chance to tie the game. Yeah, yeah you know? as badly as they played. They needed one stop on a, on a third and long. And they couldn't get it. And they couldn't get it. So They, they also gave them. up like a 22-play drive. Yeah. <laughs> that so, that Dallas kept shooting itself in the foot and then converted like a third and 21. Right. Yeah, they had like, what did they have, like a first and 30 and they scored. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a rough start for the Giants. You'd hate... I think the biggest thing you'd be afraid of if you're a Giant fan is going 0-2 in your building to start the season. I agree with that, but I think that the Giants, after losing that game the way that they did to Dallas, huge rival, in front of the world on the opening night of the season, and now they've got 10 days to prepare, 11 days to prepare for this next game. Yeah. I This is, this is, a, this is a first-class team. I don't expect anything less than their best effort on they're, Sunday. They're very classy. They're, they're going to do it in top hats and tails. Do you know that they uh, weren't sold out for opening night? I did hear that. Yeah, that's okay. But that's nobody, nobody, nobody said anything about it, but the Jets are desperate. for. They're resorting to gimmicks. Yeah, that, to the Jets are move. desperate to get to sell seats, and, and they are. That's okay, but... Hey, let's call it down the middle. The Giants weren't sold out for opening night. Raising a banner. A championship banner. But it was a Wednesday, Cal. That's what I was told. It has nothing to do with the Giants' ticket prices. It was a Wednesday night. No, because the the classy can afford those tickets. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, it, it, hopefully, I don't know if the uh, the... Skunk Cat Bishop PJ. Is, can we make a skunk cat? A, what do you mean? Like literally? Like like a breed, hybrid? Like, like breed one? <laughs> I think some. I think there's some science involved in that. Skunk Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I think smells so bad over here. I, I can't even. I can't even lie. You may not be able to eat there for like the next week. I think Skunk Cat comes on after the decider. That's right. The generalist. The generalist. And after the generalist. 
Cats? I don't cats know. don't like to be wet. On another generalist. <laughs> Later on, Skunk Cat. Uh, if you need to find out how to get there, you should use a map. <laughs> on the generals. On generalist. <laughs> Skunk Cat. Starring Jim Caviezel, I think. Oh, no, he's person of interest. we got to get somebody else. Oh, that's right. That's why I He's know. on person of interest. We I need like some... that Jim Caviezel. He looks like Joe Flacco. He does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both rocking the unibrow. Seems to have a lot of pain behind his eyes. There's uh, the Ernie, as I like to call it. There's something could going Tim, on there. Could, could Tim Daly be the generalist? Tim Daly? Tim Daly? Tim Daly could be. I don't know if Tim Daly has the gravitas that the what generalist. What if it's the Swami and Tim Daly? This <laughs> together again. I I want to be in the generalist business with you, my friend. That's now right. we're talking. It, the Swami is often cast in uh, the movies of our life. Yeah. He's often cast as a De Niro. Uh, hmm. Back in the day, he was cast as a Bruno Kirby. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Uh, in his younger years, he got Bruno Kirby quite a bit. Uh, may he rest in peace, of course. You know, these bananas, you could eat them all day long. It's a great fruit. <laughs> Then Did you Tuesday, know it's on to the general from the bottom than it is from the top. <laughs> you know, if you <laughs> if you ask for change of a dollar, most times you'll get four quarters. <laughs> do they? But do they bring him in to help solve crimes, or is he just he's just kind of he's just a man about town, spouting from- general. Generalisms. Generalism, right. The show the show opens and there's a lady trying to put money in a parking meter and he comes over to her and he says, No, no, ma'am, it's a Sunday. And then the music gets a little peppy as he walks down the street. Right. You would that would certainly be like a three sixty five a day calendar of generalisms, like each day you'd rip it off, there'd be another one. Right. And then a picture of him from the show, like pointing. <laughs> hey, you, you, you know what's something? The, the internet. Uh, you know what? I think the show has its first action figure right here. <laughs> it's time to start the product line. <laughs> the, that's one out. that that thing's something. The internet. When you're on an airplane, ask for two bags of peanuts. <laughs> you can do it. You know, you can bring your own headphones. <laughs> I tell you what, that air travel, something else. <laughs> the Generalist on CBS. <laughs> then on on CSI Dallas. How come there's not a CSI uh, CSI Houston? Or they, don't have a, they don't have a Texas version yet. They don't have a Texas version yet. They need a good Texas lawman. Bring Chuck Norris back. CSI Lubbock. (laughs) Lubbock? (laughs) There are enough people in Lubbock? Fresno. Nobody goes to Fresno anymore. (laughs) 
Do you have a uh, a fun load, Peach? Because if you don't, I have uh, something I'd like to ask the group. I, a very short uh, thing. Why don't you ask what you're going to ask? Uh... You know, I'm going to save – well, here's what it was. It, it was sports-related. It was just uh, I have this guy at work who's a huge Steelers fan, and he's, he's, he's cool. He's a new guy. Just started. And uh, he was talking about we were going to bet on the game, right? And I said to him, I said, I, I, and I wanted to get your guys' take on this. I said, I don't bet money on the Jets. I never have. I feel like it's bad karma to bet money with your friends. And it's especially bad karma to bet money with your friends on a team that you love because you're never going to feel good about it. If you win, you're taking your friend's money. And if you lose, you're lost on the team you love and you have to give your friend money. Unless you're Pete Rose. Unless you're Pete Rose. That's correct. Then nobody feels bad about anything. Right. So I said the bet that we do, and we've talked about this on the show, the standard bet in our office is to wear the jersey of the other team for the day. So you, so I've had this with my boss a couple of times. He's a huge Broncos fan. Uh, I had points in that game, even though the Jets uh, uh, had won two years ago. Uh, they didn't cover, so I had to wear the Ro- Romanowski jersey. Ooh, yeah, I felt like I did a lot of steroids too. I mean, immediately, like my. Were you gun, yelling at people all day? I was yelling at people. I spit in somebody's face. My guns were huge. It was rough. Your back then broke last out. Year, last year, of course, I got Tebowed. And he gave me the Romanowski again because he didn't have the Tebow jersey yet. Well, maybe no, did I wear the Tebow? I think I had to wear the Tebow jersey. So anyway, I wanted to put that bet in place with the Steelers fan. He will not do it because he because he would not be able to wear a Jet jersey. So I would never wear another team's colors. Ooh. I so I said, well, you're confident enough that you're going to win, that you'll bet money. But you're not confident, and he's talking all sorts of smack. Like the he's as he said, he's not going to watch the game. That's how confident he is that the Steelers are going to win because of their six Super Bowls. Because that means a lot. Right. And uh, but he's a good fan. He's just a typical you know fan of of a team that's dynastic. And he said, "I'm not going to watch the game. I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigar while they whip the Jets' ass." Right? Entitled. Right. But he he's not that confident. And I said to him, I said, anybody could bet 20 bucks. Who cares about that? I'm talking about betting something real. That, and if you were that confident, you'd take me up on it because you got no danger of having to wear a Jet jersey. I said, I'm that confident in my team. I feel like I won't be wearing a Steelers jersey on Monday. He won't do it. won't take the bet. Wow. So I wanted to get your quick take on betting on your own teams. And then also, I would disagree that he's spineless about the bet. Okay, why? I think because different sports fans just have a different uh, magnitude of super fandom. And to some people, wearing another team's color... Oh, the cat's howling again. Uh, to some people, wearing another Gunk team's cat. colors uh, is, just, is just crazed anathema. Right, you know, um, I mean, you, you're literally you're, you're just talking in words he doesn't understand. There, I get that. I'll, all I'm saying is, if if he's as confident as the smack he's talking, he would make the bet. But he's not. There's a there's a fear he's going to lose. And money is nothing, but to have to wear another team's jersey 
is is an anathema to him. I get that. It's just it's it's been interesting to call him out on how much he believes in his team. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to talk all that smack. I don't know, Cal. Have you? Did, would you bet on the Jets? You don't bet. You're not a betting guy. No, I'm not. But would you do the twenty dollar wager in the office or something like that on the Jets, or would you rather do something else? No, I wouldn't. I would stay away from the Jets. It, mm. and overall, a- absolutely. I would. I just that's not something I want to mess with ever. Right. You know, better. I, I would. I would. I would do it on any other team. <laughs> and I've, yeah, I've done. I've done the office pools, and you put a couple of dollars down on a team. That's that's one thing. Jets never, never would never. Hitch my wagon to a jet win. <laughs> Smart man. It may anger you guys to know that I bet wildly and recklessly on anything and always come out ahead. This is true. Really? This is true. You, yeah, you've been witness to it. You've seen it happen. I have seen it happen. PJ's the guy you can't take to uh, Atlantic City. Can't take him. Put, throw, put me into Atlantic City with $300. I'll have $1,200 within the first hour, and everyone will be really angry with me. Well, unless we send you. <laughs> within, within, oh, just on a mission to raise money? Right. <laughs> no, I need protection because I also look soft. People would jump me. Well, I need bodyguards. You need people. I, I like to uh, I like to bet on the sports. I don't bet on uh, sports much recently, just because I guess people around the office uh, haven't been bringing it up. But, right, but you uh, you, I, you bet on the sports. Oh, I would bet on the Jets. I would bet on the Giants. I would bet on anything. <laughs> bet, I bet, I on, bet on the U.S. Open. I Come bet on. on Lily's team. Let's go. What do you That's want? Right. You want fifty bucks? What do you want? That's right. <laughs> Lily's got a soccer. I bet game. on dodgeball. I, I bet on shirts <laughs> versus skins. <laughs> I got I got fifty bucks. I got a saw buck down on Lily's soccer right. game on Saturday. All right, I see where you stand. All right, what's your what's your thing, Peach? I wanted to just bring that up. I thought that was a good bet. I thought that was a true sign of confidence in your team. If you're if you're so confident in your team that you're willing to risk having to wear another team's colors, that's confident. Well, wait a minute. Now you're that confident in the Jets this week? Yes. But. <laughs> The generalist. <laughs> I like a good game. <laughs> I uh oh, speaks volumes. I, I here's what it is. I like to bet, but I don't like to bet money. So I don't know if it's necessary. You ever like to bet. Oh that's your brother. Never mind. Your brother doesn't No, like no. yeah, no. My brother is strongly anti right. anti betting. Um, no, I like to bet. I just I don't like losing money. I don't like when well, there's money on the line. Well, you're the guy. <laughs> what a unique feature. I like betting like uh, like uh, the winner has to buy the loser a hat or something like that. That's that's me. I'm more really that like guy. women. I prefer them to be nude. <laughs> the generalist. <laughs> The the uh, the thing I had was just uh, what you wrote up in the tease, or Women one of the nice. teases that uh, that you, I think the one that was on Facebook um, was that, you know, what's PJ going to think about David Gilmore's placement on the Spin Magazine's uh, top 100 guitarists? I was sort of making that up. 
Well, I went and I looked. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you know he's not on it. He's Ooh. not on it? He's oh, not on it. And I found this fascinating. Um, We're going to need a bigger spin boat. Went, spin <laughs> went at it a different way. Um, in other words, Spin is not Rolling Stone. Right? I mean, no. very no. different. Very different writing styles, very different approaches to <laughs> music and such. Um, so the the spin top 100 guitarists of all time, there there's no um, uh, Eric Clapton. Strange, wait, right? What? There, wait, what? There's no Jimmy Page. Wait, I, I'm I'm dying to hear what this list is now because this is this sounds like crackpot. Yeah, this is crazy town. There's no. Well, uh, what it really was was. Um, kind of the, the top 100 guitarists who they felt were really exciting and you should be paying attention to, not just oh. these icons that are at the top of the list every year. So like Slash? No Slash. <laughs> no Slash. Um, guys who made the list were people like um, Lou Reed, the, the guitarists from um, Sonic Youth, I believe How about Len- Lenny Kravitz? No Lenny Kravitz, no. How about Prince? Uh, Kim Thayall. Um, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Um, no. Oh, come on. What no. kind of cockamamie list is this? Well, it, perhaps it was uh, not so great to use uh, of all time. But but I but I understood, and, and, and I forgave them for it, for leaving my beloved Dave off the list. Yeah, that's not right. Um, but it made me start to think, is classic rock sort of over? Like, did, do you listen to it anymore? Do you, no. You know, like you, you you're talking about, uh, give, me, give me five bands that should be on that list real quick. Right, right. I was going to say, well, I was going to do a quick little solid with you, right? So, so if we if we queued up a solid and I said, um, The Doors. Okay, and the choices here are listen, don't listen, sometimes, or just overrated and underrated, or, uh, you know. In, in the realm of classic rock or overall? Or today. Today. For you. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. You got that count? So in other words, if I'm going to listen to it today, how do I feel? Right. Okay. Okay, good. So we'll start with the doors? Think about the doors. Solid for two songs. That's it. Two song max. Wow. See? I'd say overrated. I, I don't think I could listen to them right now. I'm massively overrated. I, I never put a doors album on. Two song max. Two song max. That's it. You go two for Tuesday, and then that's you're it. good for the whole <laughs> damn week. Only on Tuesdays you could listen to that. <laughs> Me and right. Pete Fornatel. That's it. Tuesday. Right. <laughs> he's still got a gig, you know. He's still doing. I well. thought he's dead. Oh, I'm thinking of the cope. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm thinking of the cope. Yes. By the way, guys, you'd be very, you'd be very pleased. You'd be very pleased to know that Campbell Scott just signed on for the Generals. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Just FYI. What about Cream? What about Cream? <laughs> oh, this was a band you could, you couldn't escape a Cream track once a day on a classic Never. rock station. Overrated. Never. Sorry. Completely overrated, right? 
Never. I think. I think. I mean, I don't have to even ask you about Genesis. You make fun of it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a Genesis though every now and then. Well, I go. I, I have a soft spot for them. You go solid there, Cal. I would go solid. Oh, I and go. I, I actually go underrated. I go vastly overrated. I don't. <laughs> are they classic they are rock? A... They're classic but... art rock. Right. A little more prog. Progressive rock? Yeah, prog rock. Yeah, a little, little more prog. That's let, me, let me silence that for a second. How dare you? <laughs> Don't you dare. Got my son walking around the house going, Not run away. There was no time to play. <laughs> In that high that. voice? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> great. That's okay, we got, we got, we got uh, three minutes. Is he wearing a jumpsuit that's zippered down to his belly button? <laughs> the Beach Boys. They make that for seven-year-olds, that jumpsuit? Oh, yeah. They do. It's from they the, do uh, the Simpson collection. Right. I thought it was from the Ashford collection. It depends on whether you get it at, at Kohl's or... Right. If we're sitting uh, around and having, uh, having a poker game and smoking cigars, and I get up and I go over to the stereo and I go, all right, guys, what do you want? I got some Zeppelin... Some Floyd, I got some Stones. Are, are you, you know, no. are you asking for any of that? Or no. Are you just telling me to go find something different? I wouldn't ask for it, but I don't think I would. I would tell you to not put it on. All right. Well, I got three discs in my hand. What, which one do you want on? Of those three? Yeah, I got. I got a little. I got Dark Side of the Moon. I got Zeppelin three. Wow. And I got. Uh, Zeppelin three. It had to be Zeppelin three. Exile, <laughs> exile. That's what he's got in his hand. That's what all he right, has. Right, right. I got, I got houses of the holy. I got houses of the holy. All right. Well, then put that on. <laughs> all right. He found one. He found one. He can go with. You know, that's you fine. See, you see, you see what I'm saying? And I can and, and the, the other thing was, it also made me think about these lists that I gravitate towards. We talk about lists all the time. Yeah. So my question is really, what kind of lists interest you? Oh, uh, all. You think? Oh, I love. I'm. I. I. I live by A and B. How could a list not excite me? A and B. That's why I loved High Fidelity. You like the rankings? I would. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Good hustle. I would do that. I would. It's I would a absolutely slow do that. queuing process. If it wasn't, if it wasn't unbelievably annoying to people, I would do the list thing all the time. But I've been told that it's extraordinarily annoying. So when VH1 had the list show, you were you were pretty much love it watching it every day. <laughs> top top 100 of anything, I'll watch. Yeah, I'm in. You you had me at hundred. I see a lot of them make me crazy. No. I don't want to know the top 40 hip-hop songs of the 90s. I don't care. Well, I mean, come on. Within reason, but I'll watch the top 10 of that. I may not make 40 top hip-hop songs of the 90s, but I'll watch the top 10. And I'll get out my seat and jump around, and I'll do the Humpty Dance. How about top 50 MTV moments? That's going to be a tough one. Mm -hmm. I I would watch that. I have a soft spot for MTV. You'd be looking. You'd be looking for some old stuff you could. Recognize. I would be looking for you know Cobain getting hit on the head with his guitar, or you know uh, Axl Rose doing November Rain or something. So so you you look at the lists 
uh, you're getting some affirmations from your list. You're getting validations from your list. But I yeah. looked at this top 100 guitarists, and I was kind of learning stuff. You know what I mean? I was I was yeah. discovering a bunch of stuff. I, I I think that's in there too. Look, you know, from a sports angle, Peach, we love lists. Love, yeah. love, love lists. I mean, that's it's 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 the basis of so many good sports discussions. You know, top ten first baseman of all time, go. You know, and and you do that, or you know, top five pitches of the '90s. You know, lists are huge. So if you mm-hmm. take it into the pop culture realm, they're uh, in entertainment and and they're informative. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the spin one though is trying to reinvent the uh, the wheel or the list, as it were. A little bit, yeah. I mean, they were trying to get some traction and uh, make a little headway into something. Right, but uh, they, were, they were clearly trying to put their unique spin on it. So there's really nothing you turn away from. I find that very interesting. Oh, I would turn to no, classic rock wise or list wise. List wise, list wise. There's very. I little. know you turn away from it's classic tough. rock. I mean, oh, there's a lot of sorry. classic rock. I don't think that you enjoy at all. No. I'm, I'm over. I'm over ninety eight percent of it. Yeah. Well, that's, you that's what I meant. You know I, what I'm I not kind of expected I'll, my I'll, feelings to be hurt at first, but it turns out my feelings were not hurt at all. I was like, you know what? Enough of Jeff Beck. Enough. Right. I will I'm go back and cult. I will go back and listen to Bowie. I don't know if that counts as classic rock, but not in the in idiom the... working in America. <laughs> it was an American working in an idiom. <laughs> you quoted Hedwig. Now we have to I... end the show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the rules. When PJ quotes Hedwig, that's the end of the show. Oops. That's what we're starting the show. Just the beginning. <laughs> it's like what? it's like a new beginning with you. What are we going into the second half now of the show? Right. I would love to pick up this uh, list debate at another time, but we've been on for two hours and twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. We gotta go. We did the it again, list. didn't we? We did it again. Uh, PJ, final unload. I couldn't believe when I read this. Uh, it may be old news to you guys, but I just I just read it. Um, the Knicks offered Patrick Ewing this awful job to coach their D-League team. And, and, and Ewing was just, just insulted by it. He's like, I'd love to come back to the Knicks, but this is, this is ridiculous. And then awful. it came out then it, then it came out that there is a current coach position open on the Knicks, but they were like, yeah, but it's not open to Patrick. They're <laughs> so, like, Knicks, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, we can say that often. Cal, yeah. final unload. Uh, congratulations to Jay Farrow of Saturday Night Live. You knew I was going there, didn't you? I was going to if you didn't. He gets the plum roll of President Barack Obama for the upcoming Saturday Night Live season in an election year. Yep. And if you've never seen his... His impression of Barack Obama, you're in for an extreme treat. He nails it, and I think it's the it's the best move that they've made in years on the show. So, congratulations to him because this this could make him. And my final unload is I just want to let you guys know that Gene Triplehorn has just signed on to co-star with Campbell Scott in The that's Generalist. That's strong choice on CBS. First episode. I heard Sorkin doing the pilot. Hey, hey, you know what's good? Music. 
fun. I like music. Good night, everybody. <laughs>